0: you are listening to the light forge podcast the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts adwcta and murps
1: welcome to the light forge podcast this is abu this is murps hello uh we are doing one of these things again like last time not like the the one many years ago where we did a lot of algorithm work and we had a website that's in the past this is uh lazy merps and lazy adulta now with ranges right, not that lazy i mean not that i lazy. did use a calculator and an
0: excel spreadsheet and did some of the math for almost all the cards uh so, so, so it's not i mean it's it's no no fleshed out algorithm but um i'm not i'm not just here providing my opinion either uh, just because it's easier for me to think uh, quantitatively about personal cards, uh, but yes, this is the United in Stormwind card preview, valuation stream podcast of uh, YouTube video, and and it it has sounds such as people donating a uh, hundred bits. Thank you. Um, but but we will not be giving shout-outs inside of uh, of of this uh, because it will it will take too long. Um, but we will give shout-outs in between our recording segments. So here are the segments, okay? If you're listening to this or watching this, this is what's going down. You are listening to or watching a segment called Intro. We're going to talk about the rotation and the meta after this. And then after that, we're going to talk about the neutral cards in three segments. The top cards, the normal cards, and the... Uh, deep cuts and then we're going to talk about classes one by one by one so that's the schedule for the rest of the however many hours this takes uh we hope it does not bring us too deep into the night but this is almost certainly going past midnight it's 5 30 right now we started a little late um so yeah it's gonna be fun okay talk about the scale all right So one of the first things we should review is the scale that we're using. I know a lot of our listeners are not as as familiar with it, um, but it's the same exact scale, completely untouched, uh, that we used last time, which was in Barron's. Now, uh, let me get the scale up so we have a visual aid, and we'll talk this through if you are a listener as well. So the scale goes from S to F, um, and it's in tiers, right, A tier, B tier, C tier. We start at C tier, where Chillwind Yeti is at like the very bottom of the C tier. C tier should just be kind of the normal card that you're offered. You're not particularly happy to get it, but it's not going to kill your deck. When you go down from C tier, D plus tier, you get stuff like Ice Ranger. Um, probably at the high end of the D plus tier is something like a Croc or, a, or or a Raptor. Then you get even farther down, and you have the normal D tier which is uh, something like a South Sea Captain, like a three mana three three doesn't really do much. Uh, before you go to F plus, which is stuff that does a little thing, but not really. And then F, which is near unplayable cards. Now, there's a lot of cards in F just because of how this stuff works. And some of them are gonna, it's a very wide range, right? Like we can't create finer gradients or else then we have a numbered tier list again. So there will be a huge variation of what is considered F. But generally when you see an F card, you just kind of, don't even consider taking it. Alright. Okay, so going up from C, at C+, you have, like, something that also does something else, like Mad Bomber, but not, like, a particularly premium card. Whereas at 3, you start actually... Sorry, not at 3. At B, uh, tier, you start actually having premium cards. Like, that's where we put Basilisk. And at B+, we put Rap Golem. So you have your premium cards, and you're, like... Freddy's damn premium cards at, uh, at at your B tier. So yeah, it's a B tier, but it's kind of like a, a Asian parent B. Like B, B's are good, actually. You're you're not you're not hurting here. Uh, this is uh, where you're very happy to have these cards in your deck, and uh, they're gonna do you good. Most of the battles uh, in the game are gonna be fought between like high C tier and low B tier cards. Now, going up even higher, you have tier A. Tier A is what we describe, where I, what I at least I personally describe as, should not exist cards. Like these cards have no business, ex- like I think they disrupt the entire balance of the game as a neutral card. They just should not exist in the game as neutral cards. They can be class cards, but they're at the very top of the class card scale for what I think is a proper balance of the game. And one of the cards in A tier is like Twin Tyrant, um, and I think we can all agree that that card should not exist as a neutral card. Uh, it is that powerful. It is even more powerful than Rap Rapglow. Like these are kind of problematic cards when they're not class cards, and even when they are class cards, they're, they're, they're doing stuff you don't want it to do. Um, and at A plus, we we stuck Deathwing in there just as an example. You're really not going to see that many A pluses. Uh, and uh, at S tier, we have Runaway Blackwing. S tiers just shouldn't exist in the game. Um, at, like period. Doesn't matter if it's like a class card or not. I think we also have, what was our, what's our internal example for that? It's that warrior card, right?
1: Yeah, so if you want an example of a class card, um, for S, it's Troublemaker, like Troublemaker is there. Yeah, Troublemaker,
0: or like um, uh, Expendable Performers.
1: Expendable Performers, Cycle of Hatred, Blessing of Authority, so it's these. that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's the kind of stuff where um, they should win you the game if you're able to play them in a position where you're not severely behind, uh, like so behind on both board and life that basically nothing saves you. Uh, but yeah, it's Blessing of Authority. It's like Cycle slash Expendable Performers. It's Troublemaker. It's those kind of cards.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, going down, like cards that you would think is very premium, uh, such as flame strike. Would only be an A plus, and like true silver, we have it. We F8. have
1: the old picture flame strike, but oh, but we mean the new picture. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, and uh, other really good cards like Holy Nova would be a B plus. Blessing of Kings um, would be a B. So like Blessing of Kings, really good card, right? But it's kind of like a normal premium card. Like you kind of expect it. You're not like, oh no, he Blessing of Kings. You're like, yep, he Blessing of Kings. Um, And at C plus is Arcane Shot, C is Arcane Intellect, Uh, D plus would be something like Cold Blood, D would be something like Sprint.
1: Do Uh, you mean the New Sprint or Old Sprint?
0: sprint, New Sprint. New Sprint. Mm -hmm. Uh, Old Sprint these days is pretty unplayable. (laughs) Uh, And at F, uh, we don't even care. Um, so yeah, so that is the uh, the kind of scale that we are using, and we used it before as well uh, in in barons. And just to give you an idea of how the barons cards held up, venomous Scorpid was an A, and it was our highest A. We had two other A's that we said were lower A's, and the next one, like south scoundrel, I said was more like a B plus. Murphs wanted it to be an A and ended up being an A, but it was like really borderline either way. And then Primordial Protector was it was kind of a, a similar, but not not with, with a split between us, but uh, just kind of like a very low like A. Um, so those are the A's that we had pre- uh, previewed from from Barons. Whereas S was more Shadow Watchpost, and we all saw what happened there.
1: Yep. Uh, So, with the watch post as well, it was a combination of power level and the fact that um, it just blew out games, not just on turn 3, like whenever you played it. It could even be turn 6, you could drop a watch post, and then it could just be uh, GG at that point. So, we put it out there, um, and I know a lot of people are just similarly frustrated, it's like, oh, how is uh, Venomous Scorpid not an S, like, you know, that thing is so toxic, I want it out of the game. It's not even an A+. plus. Uh, and a At is we didn't even yeah. rate it in a so it's an, like you know a is very powerful remember the range of a if you remember our old tier list uh an a right now is between 200 to around 260 so if it's a, like a solid a it's like a 230 um yeah. and remember part of the reason why yeah it's it's a uh, twin tyrant right so it's like venomous scorpid equals twin tyrant around now their effects are different and you know they have different effects on the uh, on the meta but we think that their value is around the same um, and just for the same reason that it's like why did everyone hate tyrant and why does everyone hate scorpid it's not the most powerful card in the game it's just so prevalent that the effect is by far the biggest effect on the game so you know you can complain about troublemaker but it's not like the most common card in just one of the classes yeah. as well so yeah like troublemaker if is every class amazing. has
0: troublemaker you you'd know about you'd right. hear about it being complained about a lot more
1: uh, so we always have to balance this out as well uh and neutral cards uh a lot a lot of the times the overlap between the effect and the power is pretty close together Um, but sometimes it's more disparate uh and we'll explain that as well so this is going to be an example of uh, a time where you look at something and and don't just think like oh man that card is so powerful and so prevalent and therefore its score should be the absolute highest um just like venomous scorpion it's an a it's not an s also remember an s because i understand with other grading scales other graders kind of use the tippy top uh, a lot and there are only a handful of cards ever printed in hearthstone yeah. that are an s remember that um so it's not like oh every expansion there's like uh you know like a, a handful of s it's just like if you look at other i don't know, like five-star reviews it's like yeah, there's going to be quite like a few five stars not so from barons
0: for example morshan watch post was the only card we gave an s to and yeah. we did not give any card an a plus so if you think scorpid was the second best card outside of uh watch post uh in uh in barons we agree with you we just didn't think it warranted a plus we didn't think it was on that next tier um we're 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 very stingy when it comes to the high end of our grading system because we want it to really mean something. Like when we said watch post was an S, we also wanted it out of the game ASAP. Like it was because it was neutral. It was like alarm raisingly bad.
1: Yeah. So we want to make sure that stuff like the watch post doesn't get tied in to something like a twin tyrant and is not too close to something like a burrowing scorpid a burrowing scorpid for us is a b i think a lot of people would be like oh burrowing scorpid that's like a so
0: good four Four and a half." yeah
1: 4.5 out of 5 watch post is a 5 and you look at that delta and you're just like oh that's pretty close but like no it's really not close right it's like really not close not even yeah
0: so basically after your b pluses think of us as having a much more extended scale than others only because everyone else just compresses their scale they're like at this point it doesn't matter we're just gonna call it a five and we're gonna describe it right we'd actually score it um okay so that's what you have to look forward to over the next I'm going to guess eight hours, uh, of, uh, of us talking about all the United and Stormin cards. Um, and, before we get to that, I want to give a shout out to our patrons, our top patrons of the month, 15 Gold Cringe, a, uh, Ari G, Karova, Yin, Dan F, RV Night Train, Aaron L.S., Eric L 4P and brand new thank you so much for your support it means a lot and it helps us keep the lights out of the Life Orange Podcast and make content like this yes um, so yeah so let's move on to the next episode where we're gonna break down first what's happening with the rotation that the set is coming into cool uh, until then this is Zadwikta this is Merp Spy. welcome back this is Zadwikta
1: This is Murps, we're going to be talking about the rotation uh, that's going to happen and really the meta for uh, United and Stormwind because we know already what will happen afterwards. The meta that we know is gone and in its place starting on August 3rd, uh, the arena will include, include cards from the following sets, United and Stormwind, duh. Uh, forged in the Barrens, the Willing Caverns mini set. Although that's really just Forged in the Barrens. Like it, they they just added more to this set. Uh, but Madness at the Darkmoon Fair, along with the Darkmoon Races mini set, uh, and then Witchwood, Saviors of Oldham, Rastakhan's Rumble, and Core. That's what's going to be in.
0: Yup. What that means is that the following sets are going out. Ashes of Outlands, out for the first time since it first came in more than a year ago. Skullamance Academy, out for the first time since it came in a year ago. GBG and Kobolds and Catacombs. So, we're going to try not to, not like spoil, but we're going to not talk uh, much about what the actual United and Stormwind cards are doing to this meta. And we're more going to set everything up. So that when we start talking about United and Stormwind, you see what kind of what kind of meta these cards are coming into. And just kind of spoilers, United and Stormwind is not going to super change this meta that we're coming into. This meta is going to be... You're going to feel the meta more defined by what is not there than what is there. And what is not there are Ashes of Outlands and Skull Academy. We have been in a meta for a year when it comes to Skullman's Academy, and over a year for Ashes of Outlands, that we don't even know Arena without some of these cards. And Ashes of Outlands has, I'm going to do neutrals first. They have the Aug Merchants, all the Dormant cards, including uh, Vile Fiend, Frozen Shadow Weaver, Overconfident Orc, Burrowing Scorpion, Rust Steed, Scrapyard. I-, I just hit the highlights. There's so many more cards that get play, but these are like game changing cards. They're all neutral, they're all in every single game, and they're all game-changing in the way that you approach the game. Like, Overconfident Orc is 6 health of taunt on a neutral card for a 3-drop. That doesn't exist. Like, once Overconfident Orc is out of the game, you will never see that. And that creates a totally different feel of how viable aggro is. Um, Rusteed deals 5 damage on 5 super efficiently. That's gonna be gone. Now, it'll take way more mana to deal 5 damage from a neutral position. Shavera, that ultimate comeback card, right? Like where you deal 6 damage of perfect damage, assuming your opponent doesn't have more than 6 health on the board, and you plop a 6-3 on the board for only 6 mana, it's just available to everybody. Like, that's just not in the game anymore. And of course, Scrapyard, the potential end game um, win condition. Like, Scrapyard, not the best card, but super impactful when it does come out. Uh, not to mention the AUG merchants, which are extremely efficient pings that the non ping classes will really miss. There are three AUG merchants, three of them. They're all out of the rotation. So you're going to see so much fewer pings than you did before. Um, and Skill Academy takes out Broomstick, which kind of works with Shivera in that they are the two most ridiculous comeback cards. That, uh, that exist uh, in, in the game right now, in neutral. And Tutor, which is the kind of sub-comeback card that's part of this group. It takes away Pen Flanger, which can be used uh, just very flexibly for removal, but also all the card generation cards. We're talking sneaky, fishy, smug senior, we're talking wand maker, Steward, Mage Scribe. So whether it's just actually card generation or just adding card advantage by duplicating itself, that's all Skull of Man's Academy. When Ashes of Outlands came, the board was never safe anymore. It was just flipping back and forth. It was very clear. Like, Ashes of Outlands came and the meta flipped just like that. Skull of Man's Academy came and then the meta became endless cards. Like, you just would never run out of cards because of Skull of Man's Academy. So these two probably had the largest impact on the meta of any set besides like Descent of Dragons probably. Um, So them being gone is it's a huge deal.
1: These two sets um, had so much initiative and so much potential to flip the board whether it was actually initiative which we saw a lot of uh, in both sets really um, or it was some sort of generation or some sort of, like, you know, with Vilefiend, it was removal that your opponent couldn't really interact with, right? It came out later, but you you had it starting from when you played it. Um, and then Scolamance, um had, you know, Broomstick and also Shavera were two removals that you just couldn't really play around. You could think about them for a second and then say, okay, well, what's the best way to play around it? I don't know, like m- maybe if you have an option f- with uh, Shavera, you can do that. A lot of times you don't. You can think about Roomstick for a second, but you just had to expect your stuff to be removed because there were so many ways for it to be removed. And it was much more worth it for you to think, once I am removed, what's my next play? It, it got to that point. And a lot of these things are just gone now um we had never seen just sort of an abundance of good neutral initiative slash removal slash generation of m- removal like steward of scrolls mm-hmm. or onyx mage scribe um, and then of course we're missing the uh the... like even like, you know, like wand yeah, like one maker yeah we don't think of it as like oh a huge generation but like that's one of the it's bases huge generation. generation for every class yep a uh, huge amount of generation there so yeah um th- these are probably two of the most impactful i mean like uh ar- arena sets ever and mm. you're gonna be missing both of them and somewhat of a little bit of a spoiler um united and Stormwind is pretty tame it's just a yeah. pretty tame set so you look at something like Skullman's academy and ashes of outland and you're just like okay well then uh, the new set is going to dominate, right? Well, it's a 2021 set, right? Like, we're not looking Mm -hmm. at, uh, (laughs) like, if you compare it with some of the sets that are coming back, like (laughs) Witchwood, right? Um, You will not confuse them. I I will tell you that right now. But if you're looking for some sort of continuation or evolution from Ashes or from Skullman's Academy, you're not going to get that um it, yeah, it's just, just a very tame that. set
0: mm-hmm. like even dark moon and barons wasn't well barons after they got rid of the watch wasn't up to the level of game changingness that ashes of outlines of skull of mass academy was for the arena um they kind of just continued the power levels and like added to that ability like you think like corrupted cards like oh yeah it allows for swings right that's all they do sure but like how many corrupted cards are you actually playing like think back to your games right like, each player plays less than one corrupted card a game. That's, that's not a huge impact on the game. Now, think about how many uh, Shavara's, Mage Scribe, Broomsticks, and, you know, Tudors you're playing. Like, a ridiculous amount. Um, Og Merchants. So, we're, we're talking like two very heavy sets uh, in terms of impact leaving. Um, the other neutral cards you have to watch out for leaving is, is GVG and Kambods and Catacombs, which are old sets and don't really do much to the meta, is Dragon Slayer, just to watch out for. I uh, like to no longer watch out for. Mancer, which is always like in its own category of other cards just don't do this in the neutral set. Um, even though like these days it's a pretty fair like premium card, you're not like flipping out when someone plays a Fungal. You're like, okay, he Fungal. Um, and the twin cards of protodrake and violet worm these are the two eight mana giant things that you can't quite remove and both of them are gone A- and they're not quite getting replaced so um just everything's going to be different everything's going to be different Uh, On on the class card side, I'm just going to run through quickly um, some of the top cards that you would normally kind of play around, just so you have it in the back of your mind. Maybe you don't have to play around with it anymore. Play around it anymore. Um, But the first thing to note is that Ashes of Outlands at Skullman's Academy are also the first two sets that were Demon Hunter sets. Remember that during this era, Demon Hunters got more cards than anyone else because they were a new class. And... um, all this is gone. So cards that you've never seen Demon Hunters live without are no longer in the arena. Coilfang is gone. Skull of Goldan is gone. Immolation Aura. Um, uh, sorry. Cycle of Hatred. Void Hound. Like, these are not core Demon Hunter cards. Even though if you're a pure arena player or, you know, if you're just kind of a Demon Hunter player, you wouldn't really think of it that way because Demon Hunter has never existed without it. But they're no longer going to be there. So you still have some super powerful cards, like uh, the Inquisitor, for example, uh, at the end for Demon Hunter. But you've lost a lot of power. Um, so uh, so that's, that's going to be an interesting thing. Now, Demon Hunters kind of dominate Arena anyway if you just give them all your cards because of the Hero Power and these big cards. So not having these big cards will probably just auto-balance Demon Hunters a bit. So that's a good thing uh but other cards you want to look out for uh any dual class card is gone um and, and some of them are pretty meta impactful uh such as uh one thief for example uh, which i'm sure everybody will be glad to no longer see um but uh Libram of justice and paladin is gone that was your big flip the board card for paladin and it follows the entire theme where the flip the board cards are leaving uh, psychic split is gone uh, skeletal dragon cursed Vagrid, torrent uh, torrent is not a gr- amazing card I only listed here because what's also uh, leaving from uh, kabulbul is crushing wall uh, sorry uh, is crushing hand so you get two hard effectively hard removals from shaman leaving um, so hex is, is a little lonely now uh, Ganarg is gone finally feels like we've had Gnarg forever because we had firebrand is gone combustion uh for positioning purposes blessing of authority any of the studies are gone including draconic studies so no more needing blizzard to like lower the offering rate of draconic studies specifically the car's just not going to be in the game anymore tidal wave troublemaker light bomb uh crackle and recycle for like weird things that um, these like druids shouldn't be able to recycle they can't anymore uh crackle has weird face damage doesn't exist anymore crushing walls for hunter with positioning and just with kind of ridiculous removal potential um psychic scream is gone those are those are a list of cards that are gone just a bunch of uh, a bunch of good cards it's uh, it's pretty big and uh, pretty
1: impactful yep uh it's a lot of stuff do you want to say anything else? I just want to talk about the uh, new stuff now. Yeah, let's talk
0: about uh, the new stuff that's uh, that's coming back. I am going to go through uh, all the neutrals that are coming back that are impactful, uh, the new ones. And I just uh, sent you my, my my list in case. Uh, oh, okay. You want to see what's coming along? I just realized that would be helpful <laughs> if you had the list of things I'm like rattling out. So. For the neutrals that are coming in, after all these impactful neutrals are coming out, remember Witchwood Rastacon and Odom that are coming back in, Witchwood and Rastacon, along with Boomsday, which is not coming back, they were part of that one year where Blizzard dropped the power level back down to normal. Before they like, you know, said screw it and then power creeped everything again. So they are like particularly weak sets as far as the modern era goes. Um, and then Oldham was part of the, the return to Power Creek. So you're going to see a lot better cards in Oldham than Witchwood and Rastikon. Uh And Witchwood has uh, the uh, kind of echo effect cards. So Phantom Militia is coming back. Just something to know that uh, puts out a whole bunch of taunts sometimes. Although there are bigger and better taunts nowadays. Gilnean Royal Guard for that... Uh, that's the 8 damage removal, 8-3 Rush... Um, that's sometimes a three eight rush or something. Uh, again, it's, uh, we never thought it was a great card. It's even worse card now than it was, but it is a neutral hard removal essentially. Mossy Horror to destroy all two attacker below minions. Something to potentially consider. Worgen Abomination for dealing AOE damage once you get to the the high end. Uh, those are all coming back, as well as from Rastakan Dragon Maul Scorcher. You may have lost all the aug merchant pings, but you're bringing back the big ping one, where Dragon Ball Scorcher pings everything on the board and is a, just kind of a pretty good curve card. On top of that, uh, five mana three six deal one da- oh, deal one damage to everything on the board. Amani Warbear is your kind of replacement for uh, Rusty Raider. Like, do you remember Amani Warbear? I think it's like a five seven, right? Yeah, it's a five seven. Yeah, it's a it's a five seven rush, like, and it's seven mana. Compared to Rusty, that 5 mana, doing basically the same thing. It's it's kind of crazy, the power creep that's happened there. Uh, Mashag Enforcer is that two fourteen card with taunt that is like 8 mana and has a divine shield on top of it. Just really annoying to get through, but not a good card. Uh, just Just something to be aware of that it, it exists in the game now as a neutral and uh, like we like said this is not, not good cards good good neutral cards are coming from Witchman or Ostakon Oldham brings back some some heavy hitters uh, Bone Wraith is that 2-5 uh, 4 drop that has Reborn and Taunt so that's that's a pretty big like it's it's no uh, Orc at 3 mana 6 health but this is 5 plus 1 health which is even better than 6 health at 4 so your big taunt thing has been moved to 4 rather than uh rather than being at 3. Uh Picrock also deals 5 damage, but this thing's like
1: Pickrock nine mana. Huh, no, Pickrock is eight mana.
0: Eight mana. Okay, so yeah, okay, so Pickrock is eight mana. It's a 5/6 that deals 5 damage. Um neutral and it could go face. So unlike Rusty, here now you have a, a neutral card that deals 5 face damage potentially. Wrapped Golem, the uh, huge one. That is the seven five reborn that generates uh, a one one taunt each time it uh, at the end of each turn, each of your turns. So that is just a, a big bulky, hard to remove kind of three hit to remove uh, minion. That uh, that is I think we we rated a B plus. It's uh, it's right below uh, the the A tier. Um, and there's Volpera Scoundrel on the Discover side. Which is uh, with the, so it's one thing that happened in the last kind of, uh, in the last update, is epics are being offered as much as anything else. So, some of these epic cards that you may not have seen a lot, even when these cards are back in its, its heyday, you may see more often now. And Volpera, with its discover effect that includes new cards being able to be discovered, is, uh, is a good candidate. That's your 3-mana 2-3 discover, uh, discover a card, or discover a spell, sorry. And uh, with a with another extra option to get a random card if all three of your options suck. Like, that's a really good card.
1: Yep. I got nothing to add.
0: No, nothing. Okay. Um, but but you see it from the list that I just presented, right? They're not world beaters coming in here. These are these are your normal neutral cards. They you know, Rap Golem aside, you know, maybe bone wraith aside, you're pretty happy to deal with. They're not too annoying, they're not too weird, they don't warp the shape of the game. You're playing normal, old-school Hearthstone now. Um, As far as class cards go, I'm just going to run down on these. um, (laughs) uh, Abomination, uh, sorry, uh, Sound the Bells is coming from Witchwood. That's the plus one, plus two buff for two mana that you can echo. Um, So now Paladins have kind of an endless buff that's potentially going to be there, even though it no longer has Blessing of Authority. Uh, Silver Sword is coming back, that's going to be big. There's going to be a card that comes in uh, in this new set in United and Storm and that lets you discover a weapon. And Silver Sword is a weapon. Uh, Squashling is back, all these echo cards that are pretty good, uh, which allows you to heal massively as priest and put out a board. Cheap Shot, Warpath, these are all echo cards. Like, going through Witchwood, all the good cards were echo cards. And I also ran into Bonfire Elemental. Which was just hilarious. Because here's a class card that's a 5 mana 5-5 and lets you draw a card. Only if you. it has a condition. You have to play an elemental the turn before. Whereas later on, like a couple years from then, they're going to print Big Ol' Whelp. Which is a neutral card that just draws you a card for nothing. And also has a tag on it, dragons. So just the power creep just really hit me when I saw that card. I remembered what Bonfire Elemental was. And how good of a card Bonfire Elemental used to be. Um in Rosticon you're going to get back blast wave which is uh that 5 mana deal 2 damage to everything and overkill uh, add a random spell to your hand for uh, everything that you uh, overkill that was always an interesting card mass hysteria is back so priests they may have lost psychic scream but they have they have other things uh demon bolt is uh is in along with imp Balming from Oldham. So, your Warlocks are going to be very hard removal heavy. And uh, Dragon Roar, as, as some people in chat have been uh, pointing out, Dragon Roar is back. That's the two mana at two random dragons uh, for Warrior. And remember, dragons are really good now, especially the Corset dragons. Ysera's not going anywhere. Ysera's still in the game. It's part of the corset. set. Uh, so, that's going to be an interesting card. Um, this was... Like between Rastakhan and Witchwood, with Warpath and Dragon Roar, those were the two anchors of the old like arena control warrior, and it'll be interesting to see if that archetype kind of makes a comeback because these two cards are both back. Uh, oldham comes in with a few more like big powerful cards, uh, being a newer set. Overflow in Druid, massive draw plus heal. Desert Spear in uh, Hunter, just very good tempo very flexible and good tempo early on flame and mage if you remember that just the fear of getting three damage to all your minions done really slowed down uh, a lot of games uh arcane flak mage similarly punished you for like just amassing a board uh puzzle boxes bag as a bomb subdue for paladin so you, you may have the paladins may have lost librum for comeback mechanisms but it now has subdue for basically hard removing stuff that has no business being able to hard remove um, kind of a shift in the ridiculous things paladins are able to do uh, pharaoh's blessing another semi replacement to blessing of authority uh, plague of death another big priest bomb evil totem the evil stuff is usually in uh, Rise of Shadow, so they're not coming back, like the, the normal lackey stuff. But there's a couple of lackey cards that are in old, and Evil Totem is probably the most annoying one of them. Uh, Earthquake for a big shaman uh, board clear, Plague of Flames, Warlock board clears, and uh, Restless Mummy for, for Warrior, just kind of as an insanely good overpower card.
1: Yep. Yeah. Look, uh, just compare what we lost to what is being replaced you got a lot of fair stuff right um you got to pay more for the initiative you have a lot less initiative uh and a lot of these units you know even the most powerful ones they just you know they kind of exist they give you uh, a bit more stats than you should get but by now we're used to that and much much more so this is fine right even like the most powerful cars that we're losing it's like oh we get mass hysteria back well, hysteria has been better for longer <laughs> um it, it just has been right uh we yeah. get back silver sword it's like come on like uh, snowball mechanics for paladin have evolved to such a degree that it's not like silver sword is bad it's just like okay we've you know we've evolved past silver sword at this point like
0: we see a silver sword now and we're like okay Paladin's doing paladin things yeah we're not exactly. like oh my god game ending big card like just look at plague of death it's a psychic scream That's not like, not that Psychic Scream is a new card, but
1: Psychic Scream is is basically Plague of Death, but at two mana lower. Pretty much. So, this is where we're at. Um, We got a lot of just acceptable, somewhat fair, and if not fair, uh, comparable or lower power levels to what we're used to. Uh, All all that stuff is coming back, and we are missing some of the most powerful and really the most defining cards uh in arena and if you just started playing arena like about a year ago those are the only cards you've like known uh essentially so everything is changing everything is going to be very very different and that's probably for the best
0: yeah um it'll be it'll be interesting and if you're looking at the meta things like normally i put out four points as to what the meta is going to feel like well, the meta is going to feel like whatever the hell Skullamance and Ashes of Outlands was not. So, you're going to be in a bigger bind for cards. Card advantage is going to be more of a thing. Like, actual card advantage. Because people are going to run out of cards. You already ran out of cards more after Barons than you did before Barons, Because Barons was not a card draw heavy set. And with Skullamance gone, that was the endless card set. So you're, you're, you're definitely going to be in need of cards if you're going to play the game uh, a bit longer. Now, some of the new sets that came in, especially uh, Oldman and Rastakhan, do have a lot of good like card draw cards. But they're like old-school card draw cards. They're like pay mana draw cards. Not like, here, have some free cards that cost no mana. So you're going to have to make some trade-offs between your tempo and your card draw. Uh, but those cards are going to be playable. Um, cards like Sprint. Just got better because when you don't have endless cards sprint is actually a card that you may consider putting into your deck and you may actually spend like seven mana to draw the you know a crap ton of cards or like six mana to draw a crap ton of cards um uh, the other ashes of outlands was all about flipping the board right like we expect the board to be flipped on you two three times these days it used to be even higher when ashes of Outlands first came out but now it's about two three times well, you can expect that to drop to like one, one and a half times, which, which feels almost like the 0.5 to 1 times of classic Hearthstone. So, we're, we're really moving a lot in that other direction. And what happens if you can't flip the board and if you're going to run out of cards at a certain point? Well, decks can just win now by making sure they don't get f- that making sure they're taunting up a lot, they're defending a lot, they're healing a lot and they have more cards to outlast you. Uh because remember big taunts aren't leaving. Uh some big taunts are leaving but they're being replaced by a lot of other big taunts and you'll see United in Stormwind. Stormwind, right? Taunts make sense. This is a pretty big taunt coming in Stormwind as well. Uh so you're going to have a lot of like on the ground battles. Uh but you can really just outsize your opponent again which was kind of something that was not possible to do uh, in the last few uh, metas. And on the flip side, aggro is super back. You may have to find creative ways to get through some taunts, either with hard removals or silences, um, because there will be taunts. But if you don't have the board flipped on you very frequently, just kind of going all in on building your board and either hitting face or building your board and doing the paladin thing and like you know kind of making sure you keep having a board while you trade and buff your board they're very viable tactics again um and there's some united and stormwind cards that that's go on and support that so these are kind of archetypes that have been if not left in the dust at least underpowered for a year if not more than a year and they're all going to make a comeback in this new rotation, this new meta. So when we say things are gonna be like look a little different, that's what we mean. Like stuff that you haven't thought, like tempo is going to be so huge. Because remember, the old problem of Curvestone and tempo is that tempo snowballs and the person that's winning is going to win eventually, right? Well, it's gonna be more like that now. It's not gonna be as like that as back in the day, but it's gonna be way more like that than you've had in the last year, year and a half.
1: Okay, that's it. Cool.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. That is uh, the rotation and the meta update. Do uh, you have any uh, shout outs to, to give before we end this uh, podcast?
1: Sure. Uh, let's give a shout out to everyone watching this right now on Twitch. Thank you guys. All right. Uh, shout out to all of our mods um, who are doing a great job reeling in these. Uh, just these unruly ruffians exactly this mob uh of millions of people in twitch chat right now but thank you to everyone who is watching uh thank you to our mods we appreciate it let's just keep it going all right
0: um see you guys on the next episode when we actually talk about united and stormwind cards bye until then this is obwick this is merps bye Welcome back. This is Abukta.
1: This is Murps. We're actually talking about cards now. We're going to be going through neutrals. The best neutrals. Yay. This is United and Stormwind card preview slash
0: valuation. And we have this, not new, we did the same exact system unchanged. This is our new grinning goat system of raiding cards. And we did it with uh, barons and we're using it here. Where we grade them in tiers from F all the way up to S, uh, and you know we are the being the the harsh Asian parents we are. B is really good, actually. Like if you think the card is really good, and we're like it's a B tier, that's because B tier is really good. And just to remind you guys, B tier is stuff like Basilisk. B plus is Rap Golem. B is like Blessing of Kings. B plus is like Holy Nova. So you're not a Flame Strike or a True Silver. You know you're not a. You're not a Twin Tyrant or a Deathwing, but but you're good. You're, you're good. Yep. Okay. Um, Alright. So, without further ado, we will present the number one best card in United and Stormwind. This is the only card, the only neutral card, the only neutral non-legendary card that receives an A. Nothing else is A tier. We're gonna go down from A tier. There's gonna do eight cards in this uh in this video slash episode slash you know whatever you're watching or listening to is on. Uh and uh and this is the number one card definitively. And it is Battleground Battlemaster 5 mana 5-5 five, five, adjacent minions have wind fury. Yep. Remember, A tier is like a round twin tyrant. So this card may not be as good as twin tyrant. But it's, like, right there.
1: This card is very interesting. And I've seen the discussions uh, on Arena HS. So, I understand the arguments against. Uh, you need a board. Like, you absolutely need a board. Some cards, you just kind of need a board. This one, you're like, you really need a board. Because a 5-5-5 five, five by itself isn't cutting it. Um, but that's fine. Like, a lot of really, really good cards... Throughout history and still even now, I mean, we just talked about Silver Sword, right? Um, Require you to have like somewhat of a board presence. What this card really does is um, it's not even a battle cry, so you can chain it on both sides. Um, It just puts so much pressure on the opponent, whether you have it, whether you don't. If you're not thinking about this card at the very least, once turn five starts, uh then you're not playing optimally. you have to at least think about this um, which already speaks to its effect on the meta think about this situation we've all been in this situation quite a few times you have let's say 19 health Um, they are showing like a five damage minion and a two damage minion Uh, and you want to drop your i'm going to say proto drake i understand proto drake is no longer in but it's turn 8 and you're like, this is very safe, right? Like, this is very safe. And yeah, like, if they go face, I'm low-ish health. But I have, like, comeback mechanics. I have, like, taunts. It should be okay. That calculation changes drastically with this thing in the game, right? Um, now, instead of 7 damage, we're looking at 14 damage. At, at the very least, uh, by them playing it. And then half of your hand more than half of your hand is pretty much invalidated past that point so this is just one of those cards where you can see the impact on the meta immediately your 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 thoughts about how much damage can they deal how much uh reach can they possibly have and also your own calculations of how much can i invalidate their hand really changes right Um, it changes a lot and remember Keep this in the back of your head. Initiative is not going to be the same. And your opportunities for discovering all of those spells as well is not the exact same anymore. So you thinking right now, Murps, it's so easy to to just come back. It's so Mm -hmm. easy to... uh, Rusty Raider, Fishy Flyer, uh, I'm going to play Basilisk plus uh, something big plus a Broom that's not happening anymore. So all of your comebacks are uh, severely more limited now. You add all of that together. This is a card where the threat of it you should think about. And then of course, when you are using it, there are so many ways to use it advantageously, to invalidate half of their hand or more to just set up uh good trades as well remember you can still value trade into something then trade into something else and then if you have a minion over it like uh after it dies you can use that to then win fury their face a lot of options are open so i understand some people are looking at this and they're like okay there's going to be times in which it's not going to be as good you know Mm -hmm. the worst uh is when it's a five minute five five and i agree like according to us a five minute five five is not good there are times in which the win fury doesn't really matter right like not really yeah
0: i understand you're that trade as well. anyway so you just yeah.
1: get some extra face damage when you don't really need it and i understand that uh as well and then there are times in which this just wins you the game or effectively it like discards five of their cards um because you have done so much face damage that half of their hand is invalidated. So it, it, it's kind of the same idea. And, and I forgot who said this. Like, it was a constructed player um, who compared this. Uh, oh, no, it was it was Casper. It was Hunter Ace. Uh, and it was a funny comparison because um, it, I think it was, like, Orange and Hunter Ace and all of them. And Hunter Ace looked at this card, and Hunter Ace was just like, oh, this is exactly like Lotheb. And they're like, what? It's like, yeah, it's like Motheb. Instead of uh, <laughs> yeah. preventing them from playing stuff, you just kill them. <laughs> because it's the same. Like, with and with Hunter Ace, he's thinking of this exactly the same. He's like, Motheb and this do pretty much the same thing, right? It's like, you stop them from doing things. Just like how this card stops them from doing things when you are killing them or almost killing them, it's like you're stopping them from playing a significant portion of their hand at the same time. It's that sort of concept. I just thought it was very really funny. And of course, you know, uh, Hunter Ace being the, the brilliant, like super genius player that he is, uh, would say something funny, but also very, very true at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. Theb, except you just killed <clears throat> them. <laughs> That's it's, what this card is.
0: It's pressure, pressure, pressure. It's pressure because of everything that Murph said, and more importantly, it's pressure when your opponent doesn't have it. It's pressure when you don't have it. Because this card is a common, because this card is the best card in the set in, in neutral, everyone is going to pick it when they can pick it more or less. Which means this card is going to be seen a lot, which means you should play around this card. But can you play around this card? In the same way, when it gets to turn 8, everyone's like, Oh no, there's a Twin Tyra. Can I play around it? Probably not. Let's do whatever. That's how you think about Battlegrounds Battlemaster. It warps the entire freaking game. And for people who are out there thinking like, Oh, you know, maybe sometimes it's not going to do that well. You need like, you know, cards on the board to get like whatever damage. You don't need much. If you have any two minions on the board, this is a free fireball to the face. If you have a big thing on the board, this is more than a fireball to the face free again we're well, almost free it's a five out of five five and uh if you have something like if, if the thing like potentially taunts or whatever then the battle master will live another turn and do more stuff with other stuff and you can play other stuff with the battle master it, the battle master totally screws over any conception that you previously held about what is an acceptable amount of stuff to leave on the board so that you don't die the next turn Almost any, like, remember how we've been talking for most of the last expansion about just how different, and really two expansions, for just how different it takes now to survive. Back in the day, you have nine health, seven health, even, you feel pretty good. You're like, they're not gonna kill me this next turn. I just count up damage on the board, and then, like, I add, like, somewhere between five and six, and I'm good. And nowadays, it's like you really need more than 12 before you feel safe because they can just swing the board, put a bunch of stuff in, and then you can't really respond in time. Well, with Battlemaster, you don't even get that extra turn to respond. You can't respond, right? That's why it's like Lothab. Lothab gives you like a turn where you, your opponent can't respond. Battlemaster just kills you. It just applies the most ridiculous amounts of extra reach. And there has never been a card like this before printed before in the arena. I don't know what Legendaries do in Constructed. I don't know what combos there are. But in Arena, you can't rely on combos. You rely on single cards. You rely on cards that do stuff. And Battlegrounds Battlemaster, being as good as it is, makes almost every single deck a either flip-the-board deck or just a pure aggro deck. Because it is too good to ignore. And that's going to skew how all decks are drafted, how all decks are played, how all decks are played against. This is the meta when it comes to uh, when it comes to United and Stormwind.
1: Which is this funny. Is, yeah. Because
0: you think United and Stormwind would be about like building forts, you know, buffing a lot of things up. But no, it's about having one thing or maybe two things with initiative and pounding you to the face.
1: Well yeah, you have to taunt up because then you try not to give the Wind Fury stuff value. <laughs> yeah. You that's, taunt up that's, big. Fair. that's that's the thing. Um to give you guys an idea, because we do have ranges on this, right? Like to me it's not uh, you know, obviously this is not an s this is not an a plus no, no. for me this is like a weak a now yeah. a week yeah. a, a is still very very high remember an a according to our old tier list starts at a 200 so this is like a 200 minion for us mm-hmm. um and this you know if, if you look at cards some cards are more consistent their standard deviation is going to be smaller this has a bigger kind of range it has a bigger standard deviation in terms of when it's game winning versus when it is just really not not as good right like i see people throwing around fungalmancer fungalmancer is one of those cards that has a, a smaller range like the the deviation is smaller this deviation is going to be bigger but Uh, When you look at something that can just win you the game and can invalidate such a large portion of their hand, um, we give that credit like that. uh, We give that uh, a good amount of credit, as you can see here. So A is should not be printed as a neutral card in the arena.
0: And this card falls into that category. Um, Now, they do print a not insignificant number of cards that we rate an A uh, in, in the neutral category. So it's hardly alone. and people, you know, you can look at it and be like, oh, it's not as good as a Scorpid. Fine, it's not as good as a Scorpid. It's not as good as a Twin Tyrant. It's not as good as a Twin Tyrant. But it is going to be a step above all the other cards that we're going to talk about. Um, and uh, for, for this set, this is, I'm, I'm going to look back at, uh, yeah, like, like I said, for Barons, we had three A's, and two of them were very weak A's. Uh, the two very weak A's we had our variants were South C Scoundrel and Primordial Protector. So this is more similar to that than to like Venomous Scorpid, which is probably on the high side uh, of, of what an A can be without getting into A-plus territory. Um, but again, just super, super powerful card. Um, okay, so this kind of sets the tone. Of United and Stormwind. And we're going to talk about the next card, which kind of continues the tone. So the next card is our only B-plus neutral non-legendary card. The other six cards we're going to talk about in this episode, uh, is uh, or this segment, are going to be rated B cards. So that's why I started, I prefaced it with, B's are good. Um, but also, this is not the most powerful set to come out like this is taking kind of a step down in power level uh which is which is fine which is totally totally fine um but it it has the the same top end it just doesn't have a lot of them so the the card that we rated a b plus is traveling merchant
1: traveling merchant all right is so a, i'm gonna stop you uh, uh okay yeah yeah, yeah sorry Say, say, say your thing first.
0: Traveling Merchant is a three mana two three tradable battle cry. Gain plus one plus one for each other friendly minion you control. Like like Frost uh Frost Lord uh Frostwind Frost Wind, Frostwind?
1: Frost, Frost Wolf Frost War Wolf Warlord
0: Warlord, there we go. Like that card that we all know and love.
1: Alright, so I'm gonna tell you guys right now, strong disagree on this one. I I, I disagreed a lot. This is our official quote unquote rating. All right, I. Oh, this is this is a big stinker for me. Ex- explain to them. May, may, maybe you will explain something that you didn't explain to me, but I don't get it. I- I- explain this one. Okay, I can. I, let, let's talk about tradable first, because it's the first time the tradable
0: keyword has uh, has come in. Tradable uh, allows you to do a separate action. It has like a secondary ability. Which means you can drag it into your deck, which pays one mana and gets you another card. So it's a cycle. If you're a Magic: The Gathering player, it lets you cycle for one. It lets you get a new card. Now, how much is it worth, right? How much is tradable worth? Well, it depends on what kind of minion you put it on, uh, but for, or what kind of cards you put it on. For for the most part, Blizzard didn't put tradable like willy nilly on random cards, right? They put tradable on cards that are more situational. That you may be like, oh, I wish I had a different card than this one. And that is when it's tradable, really powerful um, because they're situational-ish cards that when their situation doesn't trigger, rather than being useless or terrible or just underwhelming, become pretty decent because now you're going to be able to try to find an answer that you will actually need. And the best of these kinds of tradable cards are the cards in which you play it, and they're fine when you are up, but you want to trade them when you need an answer. Because when you're trying to find answers, you want to dig in your deck, or you want to discover. You don't want to just hold answers in your deck that's unplay- in your hand that's unplayable until like a question pops up that you're answering. So, like for example, I don't know, like uh, we'll, we'll talk about this more with the other card. But there's a card that like silences, for example, right? Like silence is a great answer but it's not a card you kind of just want to hold. It's more of a card that you want to get when you need a silence right imagine top decking a silence you're like oh so good you know now imagine top decking like a, a win more card. you're like yay like I like it but it's not like as good So that's what tradable gets at. like you want to make sure your tradable cards they get more value when they are supporting your game plan and so you can trade them when your game plan goes awry to try to find an answer. But just what Traveling Merchant does. Um, but it's not like, this isn't even close to the best use of tradable. We're going to see some tradable cards that are like, just freaking amazing and have so much value from being tradable. But just wanted to bring out this, uh, kind of explain this kind of tradable concept of how you use it uh, in the arena. Um, it's not a good deal. Paying, like a card that says draw a card for one mana is not a good card in the arena. So it's not like, oh it has tradable, it must be a good card. No. If it's a crap card with tradable on it, it's still a crap card. It's just not like a bot. It's not like an F tier. I think if if it's just a one mana draw a card card, it would be like D plus or maybe even D. Like maybe high D, low D plus.
1: The uh, interesting thing about tradable, the concept, uh, and because I, I got quite a few of these questions in the Discord. Join squared, if you haven't, by the way. But uh, also questions in chat uh, during the lead up of this time. Uh, And a lot of it has to do with what is the value of tradable? Um, And like with many things, the answer is it depends. So tradable, its value depends on, let's just name a few factors, right? Because you can't just say like, oh, according to our tier list, tradable would add like 20 points or 30 points on the old scale, something like that. Um, Mm -hmm. It's very different. So number one, the cost of the card uh, originally, like that affects uh, the value of the tradable on it right so whether it is low cost or high cost you have different kind of reasons for you wanting to trade it Uh, and number two how situational it is and you can even break that down further as in is it like a tech card Um, and what does that even mean right is it like a super duper tech card Um, are you talking about like a silence are you talking about kind of just like a hate card right like imagine something like uh dragon slayer with tradable right like is it just like a a hate card um and then you want to also kind of see um like with this sort of like uh situationalness like how often do you want to potentially keep it in your hand With some tradable stuff, it's just like, all right, well, I know this isn't happening anytime soon, whether it's Mm -hmm. in the stage of the game or Mm -hmm. depending on your deck. And with some, it's like, oh, man, this might happen, right? Like, we'll see, for example, with um, spell power uh, plus two, maybe you have, like, even a couple of spells in your hand. You're just not exactly sure if that's going to be useful. Like, you're going to want to use the spells with the spell power. So the tradable mechanic is so interesting because there's so many factors whether outside of the game or inside of the game that you have to consider such that um it's hard for you to exactly put a uh just a static measurement on it Uh, and of course in game it becomes very very dynamic and the more information Mm -hmm. you have the better you're able to risk assess uh the 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 better you should be able to use this mechanic so it's a very simple mechanic but Yeah, in Arena, things
0: are very not clear cut of when you want to swap a card. Um, In Constructed, it's more so like you know what answers you have, you know they're very good answers, you know what odds are you are to draw it, you know what this card does. In Arena, you know almost like none of that, or the answers are super fuzzy. Like you have two answers in your deck that are like 300% efficient rather than 900% the way it is in Constructed. Do you trade it? Like I feel like you're going to trade a lot more in Constructed than in Arena. In Arena, tradable is like a secondary option um uh rather than like a a, and and less of a matchup thing um but getting back to uh the traveling merchant specifically three mana two three uh gain plus one plus one for each other friendly minion you control tradable this card i think is sneaky 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 good which is why we have it as a b plus um i don't think it's like a super strong b plus but i do think it's better than all the other cards that we are going to talk about and that is because it's working on kind of two levels so on one level, if you're just playing it as if it's a Frostwolf Warlord, you get one extra stat right on the health side, which is nice, and it's only three mana instead of five mana, which means you could probably play an extra minion at least a decent amount of time. So You get another plus one plus one. Um, let's not even count, let's count that as half a minion. So let's imagine that it's just Frostwolf Warlord, but you get a uh, extra plus one plus one on it. That's a really good card. Especially with today's meta, where you can bounce out a whole lot of minions potentially, depending on what kind of cards you have in your deck, that's that's like a, a very good card. Not even I'm gonna set tradable aside because we just talked about tradable. But what's even more impressive about traveling merchant, which frostwolf warlord does as well, but traveling merchant does even better is. Usually when you play a 2-drop, it sticks around for a turn because your opponent is just playing a 2-drop, right? Or you had coined out a 3-drop and you're going to follow it up with a Traveling Merchant. And your opponent is not going to just be able to remove your 3-drop on the turn that you play it. So you have a very high, like just think about your games, you have a very high likelihood of having Traveling Merchant just also be a 3-mana three 3-4 three, as, as, a, as a, a play. now. Three mana, three fours aren't the best cards in the game by far, but it is a very good option for a win more card to also function as a normal curve card, right? So rather than think of it as just a win more card, it's a win more card and 75% of the time it's a curve card. And when you're not winning more, it helps you find an answer on top of that for the tradable just so many options it's like it doesn't look like it's doing a lot of different things it looks like it's doing one thing very specifically but this card actually does pretty much everything you need the card to do it's a it's a super super flexible card and if you do get let's say uh you know you're you're kind of winning you're a little stronger on the board good players are going to be a little better than that and remember this is united and stormwind meta this is no ashes of outlands this is no skull academy this is Battlemaster is uh is is in the game everybody's gonna be trying to get on the board tempo is super important so the good players are going to be on the board more because your goals are aligned you're just fighting for the board right this is united and stormwind you're kind of gutting it out battling it out on the board if, you're, uh, if you have the upper hand in this, you play Traveling Merchant, you play two other minions, which is super easy to do, because your minions are going to skew a little smaller uh, in, in any case because you're playing a more aggressive game, because Battlemaster exists in the meta and you want to one, protect against it, but also to be able to take advantage of Battlemaster, you are now going to get something like an easy plus three plus three maybe plus four plus four on this so it becomes something like a three mana five six or a three mana six seven and now you're talking about like whatever that druid drake the druid three mana drake after it gets corrupted it it starts looking more similar to that card which that card is uh, is like an a so this isn't as good as that card, but it's more flexible in that you could trade it, and it has the same upside as that card. It has a little bit higher of a downside, but it also has a little more flexibility, and uh, and you don't have to be a druid to, uh, to to have access to it. So that's my that's my like pitch for it being actually a sneaky really good like B plus level card rather than I don't know where other people may put it, but I I really like
1: this yeah i don't i don't know where other people are putting it so the thing is we're not like so far apart when it comes to our letter ratings uh so you like this as a b plus i like it as a very low b but Mm -hmm. if this were the old tier list i think you guys would be like oh man you guys are like uh, far like forty points apart, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Which is very significant. Like that—that th- means there's a real difference there. Um, here, if you're just like, wait, it's like you're fighting between a B and a B plus. I think it's a weak B. Adulta thinks it's like a strong B plus. So yeah, we are like forty points apart. Just to like, I- I'm gonna talk a little bit about this just to, you know, at this point, really hammer into you guys, uh, kind of the ranges that we're looking at. Yeah, here. like I think this is like scorpit level. If not better. Like, mm, well, that's, that's
0: what a B-plus
1: is. Well, a Scorpid is... Uh, oh, oh, like, um... sorry oh, sorry. Uh, uh, Which the, Scorpid? The 4-mana the, the Scorpid. Not the 3-mana Scorpid. Okay, Burrowing Scorpid. Because, uh, you yes. know when people... Yeah, like, yeah, Scorpid yeah. is Venomous Scorpid now. Uh, yeah. I was like, Wait, Burrowing no. Scorpid. Venomous Scorpid is better.
0: See? A B-plus doesn't cut it. You gotta be an A. Or else you get no recognition. You yeah. get your name taken from you.
1: Well, yeah. Yeah. Like that's <laughs> like you, you could be uh, Scotty Pippen, but if you're in the same team as uh, Jordan, yeah, you'll be um, remembered. You just won't be remembered in exactly <laughs> the same way, you know. But yeah, okay,
0: Scorpion is uh, is very good and it's very flexible, and you wanted all your decks, and it's kind of where Traveling Merchant is. I can't think of a deck I wouldn't want Traveling Merchant in.
1: Uh, no, like it's a good card, right? Uh, by the way, a B is a card that you are happy not only to. Uh, like to see you're happy to take mm-hmm. like you are happy to take b cards um because remember this is like the the stone skin basilisk level uh around there um this is going to be like the uh the broing scorpid you know kind of cards uh, so they're, they're good like you're happy to take them but if you're looking at the old Tier list, we are currently about 40 points apart. That's pretty mm-hmm. big. Like, that's yeah. big.
0: Yeah. I see how you look at this card, and you're like, eh, it's a little below a 150. I'm like, this is like a almost, is this is a good curve card more than 75% of the time on almost any mana. Like, maybe not mana four, right? On five, you can play with a two drop. On six, you can play with a three drop. Like, and if there's something on the board, you get an extra bonus one more. Like, it's just, it's good tempo everywhere. And it's, a it, no, it, it's good. It's mana. good. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, so once again, like you know, we're harping on the differences. Um, I, I, I'm just saying this is a good card in in the deck, and adult is like, no, this is like close to uh, one of the best cards in your deck. Um, yeah, that's that's the real difference here. Yeah. No, okay. That's subtle. You're not gonna like play this card and be like, Haha, I win the game. You know, that's not what this card is about. Yeah. Um. And as you'll see, there's not too many huge differences um, that were going to have we'll point out the differences uh that that we had uh but we typically reach a consensus all right next up are the six cards
0: that uh that make up the rest of the b tier for neutrals remember this is about uh where we have a a, a basilisk right it's like a really basilisk
1: burrowing scorpid tier no
0: burrowing scorpid is uh is is low b plus if not uh like we have Burrowing Scorpid at like a, a 180 on the tier list. Yeah. Okay. So, it, so it's a
1: it, it's like the 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 all close to a B plus. Yeah. There, yeah, there you go. Yeah. Like sure. it's it, this is this is the stuff that we have like we call this. Uh,
0: yeah. Um. What do we what do we officially call it? We officially call this the the Basilist tier and the Blessing of Kings tier. Um. That that we're we're moving into. Okay, so we have six cards that go into that tier, and if you know, if you get a Basilisk, you're like, and Basilisk kind of brings up the 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 rear on on that one. But if you get it, you're like, this is really good, you know, like I uh, I'm very happy with this card uh, in in the deck. Um, and the first of such cards is, and this is really interesting because Murps had to talk to me about and explain to me how this card worked, and I did not think this card needed any explanation of how it worked, but apparently it did. Cause, yeah, cause yeah, it did. It it, it, <laughs> it dropped the score quite a bit, and uh, it's encumbered pack mule. It's a very interesting card. So, a Copper Pack Meal is a 2-mana two 2-3 two, beast, uh, rare, with Taunt. So, you know, it's a pretty good drop. But it has this extra text that says, When you draw this, add a copy of it to your hand. So, now you're like, you're like Sneaky. This is like Sneaky Delinquent, except instead of on a death rattle, you already have it, which means you can also play it as a 4-drop. And you all know how good Sneaky Delinquent is. So, Sneaky Delinquent, um... By the way, it would be at least a, a B, if not probably like a, yeah, it's probably a B. Um, but this card, like a two-three taunt, is better than a three-one stealth. I think we can all agree on that. And it's generating the card more, and it can be a four-drop. So we're still only rating this one a B because of how this mechanic works. You wanna you wanna explain how this mechanic works? Sure. I also, that that I, don't,
1: I don't card. know if I exactly agree that a two-three taunt is better than a three-one like really 3-1. you'd rather have a 3-1 stealth than a 2-3 taunt yeah i would every uh, time. i every think time. i think i would so much rather have a 2-3 taunt i'd rather have the 3-1 stealth however um this okay so adulta originally had this at an a i was like okay you're you have to be misunderstanding the card so if you guys read this when you draw this add a copy of it to your hand when you mulligan you're not drawing it you are mulliganing and like I I don't know what word you want to use, but, like, that's not a draw. So if you keep this in your opening hand, um, you don't get the extra copy. The only time you get the extra copy is if you naturally draw it from your deck once the game, like, begins, you know? Um, Which means that extra value... And if you see this
0: card in in your mulligan, you're keeping it.
1: Yeah. It's like, are you not keeping a two-drop? Well, then you're not, like... A good two-drop. Yeah, it's a a good two, right? Two mana, two, three taunt. Like it even has a little bit of extra on top of it. So if you keep it, you give up the extra value, but you recognize the, you know, being able to play it on two. Um, And then if you don't get it, or or for some reason you toss it back and then you get it back, it's like, oh, okay, well, you know, you don't have a small card. You have a flexible, bigger card now. Uh, So there you go. So it's a B because like, when you it, if you draw it later on in the game it avoids that issue of small cards being really small it's still not like the biggest card yeah. right but um like you get a sore knight yeah part. you get a Sora knight chain gang that is more flexible because you can play one at a time instead of together but it is not as good as uh some people might think it is at the very beginning because uh, and this is very elegantly done by the design team they designed it such that Oh, you want it at the beginning when you really want it to play? Then you don't get this extra value. And if you don't draw it early on, we'll give you that extra value. That's pretty much it. So it's a B. It's good. Yeah, you're, you're going to actually keep
0: it in the mulligan. Of all the times that you end up actually seeing this card in a game, you're probably going to have it in the mulligan and keep it in the mulligan like somewhere between a third to a, to a quarter of the time. So it's quite it's quite impactful on its value that a third to a quarter of the time, you don't get the extra 2-mana two 2-3 two, taunt uh, in your hand. Um, all right. Next up is the Pandarian Importer. Pandarian Importer. Also a tier B. This card is a 2-mana 1-3 battle cry. Discover a spell that didn't start in your deck. Um, so... The first thing you're going to think of, and I think you should think of, is Wandmaker. Because is wand a 2-mana two 2-2, two, two, and you discover a 1-mana
1: spell. This one's not limited to a 1-mana spell, but... Um, Wait, how is this, like, wand maker at all? Because you're not... Y- 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 yeah, it's 1-mana, and you don't get to discover. You just get yeah. it. I don't I don't uh, get it. What, what, what do you mean? Oh, right! Wandmaker doesn't have a discover. Yeah. My bad, my bad. Um but yeah uh so so yeah. Do you want to talk more about this card? Okay, sure. I will talk about it. Uh, it's a B, which is once again really good. You're giving up a stat as well. <laughs> Remember, it, we're in a meta in which you shouldn't expect to give up stats to discover something. So you're already paying uh something already. Discovering a spell that didn't start in your deck, it's it could be good. Now, here's the thing. You are going to clog up your pool with a lot of really bad stuff. Now, there are just going to be some stuff that you weren't able to draft that is still very, very good. Um, So that's fine. Like on average, your choices are still going to be quite good. It's just going to be a little bit disappointing when you know you can't get some good cards because immediately, what are you boxing out? You are boxing out some really good cards right like you're, mm-hmm. you're you're going to draft good spells you completely box those out so how does the pool look it doesn't look bad like it's not terrible it's still a right spell. it's still a spell you're still going to have very good spells that you weren't able to draft some mediocre ones some situational ones that might be very good now that you just don't draft in the draft so it's going to be fine like it's it's absolutely mm-hmm. fine uh but it does hurt it a little bit right like the stat hurts it a little bit the fact that you more than a little bit like you're gonna have
0: like something like four or five different spells that you draft and all of them are going to be the good ones like you're not going to take the bad spells presumably and there's only so many spells so the pool is actually quite significantly diluted i think you're we're kind of underselling how how diluted the pool gets because if you take out four good options out of like even like 30
1: that's that's
0: shifting the odds quite a bit when you only had um, I don't know like twenty good options out of thirty to begin with.
1: Yeah, so like maybe like it's good, right? And part of the reason that this is good is because like your mage scribe is gone, right? Your mm-hmm. wand thieves are gone, like you know your your class specific ones are gone. Um, your steward of scroll is gone, so like this is just better. <laughs> uh, it, once you eliminate some really good competition. Uh, this just looks a little bit better by comparison as well, yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it's fine. It's a B. Yeah. Also, what's hurting it? Um, just I just want to set the the bar because
0: one one maker is uh, is actually uh, like a bit better than this, even though it doesn't have a discover. I think. And what's driving the difference for me here is that a two mana one three is so much worse than a two mana two two played on two. So much worse. A two mana two two takes care of three twos. A two mana one three doesn't. A two mana two two takes care of two twos. A two mana one three kind of takes care of two twos, but it's a little iffy at that point. Like the difference between a two two and a one three on turn two is is pretty dramatic, um, and and I think that that, that has uh has quite a quite a significant impact um, between the two, yep. like. One has a discoverer, and one doesn't. And one can discover any kind of cards, and the other one only is limited to one mana cards, which are, I think, generally less good than if you could just discover any kind of like spell. Uh, but I would still rather have a Wandmaker than a Pandarian importer, just because it's going to be played on two a lot. And this one's going to set you back. And again, you're in a temple meta, so being set back is more important these days than uh, than than before this, uh, this rotation.
1: Yep. Uh, once again... You know for for me this is not like a strong b or anything so for some people who might think like wait wait uh venomous scorpid is just like one tier higher once again the difference between like a low b and a high a uh you're looking at like more than a hundred points you're looking at you know from like a 150 on the old tier list to like a 260 or like a 250 ish Uh, card and Mm. if you remember that's like a world of difference right like we 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 can look at there are quite a few cards that are at the 150 range there are only a few cards ever printed that are you know in the high a or like you know nearing the a plus range uh to have ever existed in hearthstone period so once again this is this is where we're at. And, and that's how cards are, right? Like there are a lot of cards that are printed that are of B quality. That's just kind of the way it is, right? And then Hearthstone, every once in a while, the devs will create something that is busted, that is just mm-hmm. completely broken. Um, and that's, you know, we, we accept that. But you're going to see a lot of stuff in the Bs and Cs. And that's the way game design is, right? You, you should expect to see the vast majority of it there and this extreme bell curve um and then once in a while we'll see like one s we'll see some a's and then we're we're getting into the lot of b's a lot of c's we'll, we'll try to tell you the differences within uh like but that's um so if you're thinking right now because I, I see people already comparing it to like venomous Scorpion, bit i understand right wow. um this is and this it's is a huge a gap amount
0: less than Man- venomous scorpion yeah but I mean, it's still i mean yeah, yeah but yeah yeah it's, it's it, it a is a huge gap mm-hmm. so the next card is this is a card uh, that i'm going to preview by saying i thought it was freaking insane when i looked at it and then i did a whole bunch of math and i was like huh why is it not as insane and then i had to think about it more um it is enthusiastic banker i never it's had a- to think about it <laughs> Okay, well, good for you. It's a three mana two three. At the end of your turn, store a card from your deck. Death rattle. Add the store cards to your hand. So for every turn this is alive, it's guaranteed one card to basically draw you one card upon the, it dying. And for every turn it stays alive, it'll draw you another card, and you get all the cards whenever you die. So you could potentially get a whole bunch of cards if the thing never dies um, until you know you, you kill it off. Uh, And 3-mana 2-3 is obviously not good, but like a 3-mana 2-3 that draws you a card is already... I don't know if that's B tier or like just really high C tier, but it's already almost at B tier. So this card that could guarantee to draw you one card, but can very easily draw you more than one card, is actually not like that much better than just a 3-mana 2-3 that draws you a card. Now, uh, it it, it is better, Um, you know, it is significantly better i think a three magnitude that draws you a card is a a c plus uh but but i thought it was going to be bonkers because of the potential to draw you a bunch of cards and 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 it's not just because you don't get the cards for a really long time if you're actually drawing more than uh more than one card and drawing cards like three turns later is not anywhere near as good as drawing three cards
1: now that's the thing so that's that's
0: what was messing up my like i i just thought of it in terms of card advantage Rather than also in terms of the amount of options that you get on each turn.
1: The uh, the difference is, for example, the a uh, three mana two three that immediately draws you a card, like let's say you're top decking, right? Mm-hmm. Then that yeah. card is amazing. That card is amazing because whatever you draw, you have a well, pretty high chance that you can play it and then gain the momentum. And right in this upcoming back. meta, you're gonna be top decking again. Mm-hmm. Somewhat
0: yeah. like frequently.
1: Yep. So this this card is uh, it's good like it's it's a B it's it's fine it's good uh, but you're not getting that card immediately right and then of course if you get two cards that's tempered by the fact that you're getting both of them later like a decent amount later and because of that it's not higher like uh, yeah. so the better it gets also the worse it gets <laughs> yeah. in a way. Um, interestingly balanced yep so good design once again uh mm-hmm. I, I i like it i like the flavor of it as well but that's what holds it back from being better also a three mana two three is like ugh. That, it's one of the worst stat lines in terms of yeah. curve a three yeah. mana two three is yeah, just, you can't play this on curve it's such a bad stand. stat line yeah, yeah. uh so it, it's fine
0: I, yeah. I don't understand the the art because this enthusiastic banker looks really bored is that like a joke that like all bankers are like super bored, even the enthusiastic ones?
1: Uh, I don't know. I mean, there, I guess there is that trope of people working the counter at like banks or the DMV and just being bored. I guess this is just okay. playing off of that.
0: Okay. Well, the joke was okay. I mean, maybe other people will find it more funny. Um,. I also can't remember the last time I actually went to a bank, though, so <laughs> that may be coloring this. Uh, next one is, we're still in tier B, the B tier. It is a Nobleman. a Nobleman! Another 3-mana 2-3 that basically draws you a card. Uh, it is a 3-mana 2-3 epic card. Battlecry, create a golden copy of a random card in your hand. So you are getting another card. It is a good card because you you you, you selected those cards presumably from from the draft, um, and you can somewhat control what it hits, uh, not not perfectly unless you're doing it at the very end of uh, of your of your game. But but you can you can have you can skew the odds to your favor. Uh, and the golden card being not battlegrounds is not actually meaningful, uh, but that would have been cool. Uh, so yeah, so this is. Uh, this is uh, the, the better version of 3-mana, 2-3, draw a card.
1: Yeah, it is a better version of that. And if you really, really want something in your hand to be copied or have a significantly higher chance to be copied, you can manipulate it. You can just play your other cards. If you just don't really care, then, well, it is just a 3-mana draw a card that you immediately get the um, kind of, like... You immediately get the knowledge of but it's also been something that you drafted you know you saved and you saved for a little bit um and, and you saving that card is typically a good thing as in um it is something that you weren't able to use or you didn't want to use like you weren't able to slash you didn't want to use before But the opportunity will probably present itself later on, unless you drafted something really techy and weird, like BGH or something. Um, But you, this is different from you just drawing a card. You just drawing a card out of your deck randomly that you drafted before versus you getting something that yes, you drafted before, but you have held in your hand, you're able to manipulate your chances of getting that card. And then even if you aren't, you just spam this, right? You're like, okay, well, you know, like whatever happens, happens you have saved the cards in your hand for a little bit of time and on average that should be better than just like you drawing a random card so Mm -hmm. it's pretty good all right next card is cheesemonger
0: cheesemonger is a four mana three six already on curve four drop that says whenever your opponent casts a spell add a random spell with the same cost to your hand so, a 4-mana 3-6 would be pretty much at the very bottom of C tier. Um, this brings it up to a B tier, because you're not going to remove it on the turn you play it, most likely, because it's got 6 health. And uh, really limits your opponent's options, but it doesn't actually stop it. Your opponent can just give you, you know, concede and give you a random card. And random spells, again, are not, like, the best things. Um, but they could
1: be pretty decent. Your opponent wouldn't want to do that, but it is an option. This this card is good. Like to me, this is uh e, e, all right. So we're talking about B's, right? And everything's yeah. a B and everything. But remember, the range is like pretty decent here. This is uh, to me a strong B. Like it's mm-hmm. not a B plus, but it's a strong B. Like this is you know this is higher than some of the other stuff that we've talked about here. Um, yeah. 3-6, respectable stat line, right? Very respectable stat line. For something like this, you want a 3-6. It's what makes, yeah. for example, like Ogre Mancer on 5 as a 3-7. Ogre seven. Mancer is a 2-7.
0: Or, sorry, it's a 3-7. It's yeah, a 3-7, it yeah. It, it doesn't get as much stats for the 5-drop as yeah. it is, right? This is just, like, strictly better.
1: Yeah, uh, well, well okay, yeah. This is strictly yeah.
0: better in terms of the body, right? Of the for, body, for the right. Yes, yes. Uh, yes. Whereas like, random spell versus 2-2 two, two taunt, you can debate which you'd rather have.
1: Right. Um, and look, yeah, the spell can suck. You're getting spells, like mm-hmm. on average. Uh, not every if you if you're playing this, not every single time you're gonna get a really good spell, or, or sometimes even just a usable spell at all. Um, but you're still getting spells, and your your hit rate on those is going to be pretty decent. so every single time they play a spell or force to play a spell, you have a shot of getting something really, really freaking good whether it's big stuff or small stuff spells are just really good now uh so yeah this is spells are really good
0: now but there are three old sets in this so keep that in mind so the new spells are good but the old spells are potentially iffy Mm -hmm.
1: so this is this is quite good like it, it this is one where i was like oh man is it a b plus um once again, like,
0: I, if you think if you think that you're going to get a spell, it's great, right? Like if this just said four mana, three yeah. six, add a random spell to your hand, this will be like higher than this. But but it's not. Your it's opponent not. will most likely be able to play around it, and it doesn't count weapons. So your opponent can still weapon, and it wouldn't count. Um, it just
1: kind of freezes your opponent for
0: a little bit. That's really the effect. Yeah, like it, your it opponent is in the driver's
1: game, seat. Yep, and then of course this is one of those things where. Uh, your opponent or even you if you're facing this could be like screw it i don't care like um i'll just use the spell and if they get a good one that's fine but
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if they like yeah i'm banking on them getting a bad one think of how often ogre mancer triggers like it rarely triggers but it does change how
0: you play right it's like a secret that's not very secretive it changes the way how you play even though ogre mancer never summons like every now and then it summons a thing right and then you're like oh ogre mancer value Uh, But what it always does is make your opponent play weird. Uh, Okay, and finally, we are on to our last card. Our last card in the B tier to round out these, like, quote-unquote good cards before we move on to the, quote-unquote, normal cards uh, in the next segment. It is Stormwind Guard. Stormwind Guard is a 5-mana, 4-5 taunt. Battle cry, give adjacent minions, plus 1, plus 1. It's like a reverse Defender of Argus. Rather than giving things taunt and buffing them, it gives the same buff, but it itself is the taunt.
1: It's good. Like I, I don't know what more there is to say about this. It's good, yeah. right? Like we, we've talked about Defender of Argus. Fungal Mancer is another kind of like comparable uh, thing to this because people are like, oh, you know, it buffs two things on turn five. It's very different from Fungal Mancer in in how it interacts with the board and mm-hmm. how it impacts it. But sure, you know we can talk about these um, uh, like, snowball fives yeah, if you want to call it that, and more so than fu-
0: like some like fungal This is like if you just have one minion that's on the board, you've already gotten value out of it.
1: Yeah, uh, the thing that's really good about this card, especially, and once again, we talk about the lack of og merchants. So the non ping classes are you know don't have the options that they had before. The taunt is very, very relevant because you're only "quote unquote" giving these things plus one, plus one. So a lot of times when you buff them up and mm-hmm. then you value trade with it, those vul- those minions b- by themselves are quite vulnerable, right? Yeah. Like they are very vulnerable. They might have two no health or maybe even pin, one health. No more penflinger. No more. You don't have those. Yeah. So the taunt on this four-five body is very relevant. Very, mm. very, very relevant uh and and part of what makes this uh just a really good card like yeah you know you get some good stats uh this body is very respectable as well but man having taunt on this thing such that you can't as easily access the stuff that just value traded and might be a one or two health with like your your one ones or whatever that you might have on the board super relevant
0: yep all right. Well, that wraps up our top eight cards of United and Stormwind. We got the one card at top that's going to dominate everything in terms of how the meta goes. Battlegrounds Battlemaster. Ah, uh, that's going to be like I'm going to like how the meta goes, with the exception of Battlegrounds Battlemaster. But Battlegrounds Battlemaster is going to be such a big part of this meta. And then we have the slightly controversial card in Traveling Merchant about just how good the flexibility of Traveling Merchant is. Uh, that's the 3 mana, 2, 3, Frostwolf, uh, Giant kind of like equivalent that's also tradable. Um i've uh i've pegged it a number two merbs wants it the same as all the other cards that we talked about but it's kind of it, it, yeah it's kind of there and then we talked about uh six cards that are going to be these are, those are all good cards these are all cards that you will want to take in your deck not that you'll be like oh i guess i'll take it and it'll be okay
1: yep so for me guys once again because we're talking within like a's and b's and everything uh if we were to differentiate and i try to think about this as well it's not just like oh lump it all into here obviously battleground Battlemaster, that for both of us it's a clear cut above that's why we both put mm-hmm. it in a um for me i would not put once again uh for me traveling merchant is like uh, a low b right which would make mm-hmm. it kind of like one of the lowest ones of the ones that we talked about and for me none of them rose to the level of a b plus but but stormwind guard would be a high b you know, Cheesemonger would be like a high B. And some of the other ones, for example, like um, uh, Encumber Pack Mule or, or you know, the three mana, two threes, those would be lower Bs ish. Um, but not not enough to differentiate in this scale. Like, we don't want that mm-hmm. exact granularity. Because,
0: like, when you, when but, you draft, it, it's much more situational than that. that yeah. You don't yeah. need that. Like, it, there's no. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's it's as helpful these days when it comes to drafting anyway.
1: Yep. Okay.
0: Um, all right. Well, let's uh, see you guys on the next video where we'll talk about the normal cards in United and Stormwind. Bye. Uh, so do you have... Hey, before you say bye, let's give some shout-outs. I want to give a shout-out to uh, David Attenborough Says, our YouTube editor, who will be working really hard tonight to get all these up sometime tomorrow. Today, we're recording this on a Sunday uh and it's not going to all be ready until like late sunday night probably so we're going to try to get them up throughout the day on uh, on, on monday um, so that you guys can can listen to this and watch this before the set actually comes out if you if you choose to um yes all right well that's that's it for uh for us we'll see you in the next video where we talk about the normal cards cool and bye, bye. Welcome back to the United in Stormwind Grinning Go Card Valuation Stream Podcast.
1: Vod, this is Advicta. This is Murps. We keep on going with neutrals. We talk about the okay ones. They're okay. We're now
0: moving into the baseline. So we're, we're doing C and C pluses now. And C and C pluses, the bottom of C is like a Yeti. And so everything in C is like Yeti or better, and then C plus is like the, the even better, like the, the tip of the, the average cards. Um, so yeah, so let's go. Let's go from the top down. So let's start do it going from the, uh, the good cards, right? The C plus tier. These are a little bit better than the other cards we're talking about, but not as good as those B tier ones that we talked about before. You're okay getting these cards, you're not upset, but you're not like jumping out of your seat and you're not even like, Oh good, I got this card. You're just like, okay, not a miss.
1: Um, so, we're not doing legendaries, right?
0: We're yeah. not doing legendaries until the next video. That's the deep cuts, just because they don't get seen as much.
1: Okay, fine. Alright, so the first one, uh, pretty blah card. What well, With tradable, we're talking about impatient Shopkeep. Impatient Shopkeep is a 3-meta-3-3 three three, three with rush and tradable. It's fine like okay let's yeah. i think you, this
0: is where you dig a little deeper into what tradable means because the three mana three three rush is not is, great is fine it's
1: it yeah it's it's
0: like ugh. like if you're looking at x mana xx rushes um you need it to be bigger like a five mana five five rush is much better than a three mana three three rush because it has much more chance of hitting something you want to hit and living because it has five health this only has three health and the whole point of Rush over just a removal is that you need to hit something and then this card has to live. So the impatient shopkeep, you can only hit things that deal 2 damage or 1 damage. Or else you're doing a 3 mana deal 3 damage, which is terrible. Uh, so, it is not a good card. But, it's kind of a 3 drop. And, later on when you get it, you trade it. This is where tradable... Like, it's actually a, a pretty important part of this card's, like, value, rather than just a bonus. Because you're almost always trading this card if you have it, like, after turn, like, three. Almost always trading this card. You may hold it in your hand for a long time... And then use it as an emergency. Like sometimes you just need to remove stuff, right? There's not as much removals anymore. There's a neutral removal, and sometimes you just use it, right? Or maybe sometimes a good opportunity comes up, right? Uh, your opponent plays a two three. You're like, ha ha, got it. This is actually a good card in that case. Uh, but for the most part, you're just holding it as an option to, per- to being opportunistic with it, knowing that you will eventually trade it for something that will be more useful.
1: Yep, uh, that's basically uh it, it, like the three mana three three rush these days ugh, like that it's really not cutting it but the fact that you can trade it in for something else uh it really does help it out right so this is it, it's it's a solid c plus it's fine yeah
0: yeah like without the tradable this card is so much worse yeah like the tradable is doing so much work here um, and you'll see that with a lot of the bad cards, where you're just like, this is a crap card, but, but it's tradable, so it's actually, like, okay.
1: Um, Alright, all right. next card, we got Rust Rot Viper. It's a 3-mana, three 3-4 three, beast. It's tradable. And battle cry: destroy your opponent's weapon. Uh, so you just get it, just like how Ooze is a vanilla, statted uh, weapon destroyer, weapon hate card... This is a vanilla-statted uh, weapon hate card on three, but you can also trade it. So, you know, it's it's good. Like, the, one of the, I guess, issues, not really issues, but you're going to just want to play this on three a decent amount. Yeah. Just like with Ooze, you, you, you don't want to hold it back if that's your only option. So how often does Ooze hit? It's kind of hurt, if you want to call it that, by uh, your need to play it on curve, just like how this is, quote, hurt a little bit by that. But you can also trade it. Here's the thing with like Rust Rot Viper. um, And and one of the things that influences how much tradable is worth. uh, You're not going to trade this a decent amount. Like you're going to trade a lot more cards more often than you're going to trade a Rust Rot Viper. Because this is just like so very playable here.
0: I don't know about that. I think I trade a Rust Rot Viper quite frequently. Anytime you get this card after three. Probably trading it. Well, you're also keeping you this a decent a amount.
1: You're also keeping this, like you know, like potentially yeah, yeah, yeah. mulligan if you have it in the yeah, yeah.
0: But the other times, you're you're trading it quite frequently if your opponent doesn't have a weapon. What 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 makes this different than the uh, than the previous card, um, which which is has the rush, is that the uh, the impatient shopkeep gives you an option in your hand, and you have that option. For when you need it, whether they play a two-three or you just really need to deal three damage to something, you have it until you trade it. That's a bonus. Rust-Drop Viper is not an option if your opponent does not play a weapon class. Although these days every class is a weapon class because they're they're going to add weapons to like every single class. Uh, but just like one, right? Uh, so you have like a small option, right? It's like a like if you're facing a mage. It's not really an option, right? If you're facing a Warlock, maybe. You have like a tiny bit. Like maybe they'll take that card, that weapon. We'll talk about later. Um, But they probably won't. And so, yeah, you're holding a 3-mana 3-4. But it's not giving you a really good option. The way a 3-mana 3-3 Rush is giving you a decent option uh, for the Impatient Shopkeep. So this rust Viper, it's not that you won't trade it eventually. It's that before you trade it, it's a lot less valuable. Like it's good as a three drop, but the extra value comes in like either just playing it uh, comes in when it,
1: it's actually with a, a weapons class.: Yep. Okay, cool. So that's uh, Rustrot Viper. Uh, next, we have Royal Librarian. Royal Librarian is four mana, three, four, tradable. Battlecry Silence a Minion. So we basically have Spellbreaker returning, flipping its stats, and it's also tradable once again. Um, th- this just goes to exactly what I was talking about in terms of tradable. How valuable is tradable? Well, it's really valuable on something like a Royal Librarian, in mm-hmm. which silence can mean nothing at all, or it could mean winning the game. Um, so this is one of those things where You hold it, uh, and you just gotta evaluate turn by turn, right? It's like, oh, maybe I'll need. Because what you don't want to do with tradable is like, I don't need it this turn. I trade. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. That's never the way to think about it. It's like, okay, what's my position in the game? What can screw me over? How much do I need uh, science? And, And like, even if you have like, you're like, well, I don't think I'll need it for a little bit but like you know it's nice to have it in hand because you're you are paying a mana to trade right it's not just like oh i just get to trade this in for free and whatever um, but this is just one of those cards that the tradable and and the flexibility of it helps us so much because it is severely understated but the silence can win you a game so it's it's good like, and for that reason we put it at a c plus yeah, see,
0: I almost think the opposite is. I think the silence is so good that the tradable is going to be used only in a top-deck situation. Like, only at the end of the game when you're top king will you trade this. Because until then, you always want this option. And if you somehow can't get it off in a meaningful fashion, uh, it's going to be a rare game to that, that happen. Like, I mean, you, ta- you start the game with this de- uh, card.
1: I agree with that. I, like, you know, I, I, I don't want to just... <sighs> i i want to keep it more open right because it it is going to be one of the situations in game where like i want people to figure it out like figure it out think about it because tradable is so deep it is so Mm. so deep um and if you just think it's like okay i can't use it right now i'm going to do it no like okay could you use that one mana more efficiently you know one of the questions you ask what what are the chances that i need this yeah um, later on, it, by trading it what are my chances of getting something better and then if i do need it what are my chances of getting better like you just got to ask a lot of these questions so i agree with mm-hmm. you this is something in which you want to keep more often and then you just hit the tradable as a like a panic button right more mm-hmm. often um more often than some other tradable cards but this is kind of what you want like you want your uh like bghs like to be tradable right you want those cars to be like more tradable um but at the same time it's like oh man like the payoff for those is like huge uh so this is this is good like royal, royal librarian um uh silence is going to be very helpful especially like we're missing some initiative and silence is an initiative in many ways uh so i'm i'm very happy with this c plus pretty solid yep yep so, if you're wondering why it's not bigger, there, there's no neutral...
0: I mean, there's not no... There's very few neutral, big things that you want to silence nowadays.
1: It's like, like uh,
0: the Acolyte. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, there's other things in which it's decent to silence it. You play it, right? You silence it, you're happy with it. But you're not getting, like, a ton of value for it. Like, Proto-Drake is gone. Worm is gone. Scrapyard is gone. And, like, all the things that you normally be like, oh, yeah, silence target are now no longer in the game. Yeah. So now you're left with mostly things that you're like, "Ah, oh, I'm going to get like the equivalent value of like dealing one to two damage."
1: Yeah. Like, you're looking which yeah. is good,
0: but it's not like it's you're turning this into a fire plume phoenix, you know? Like fire plume phoenixes are not like
1: the most amazing things these days. They're like okay yeah um your home runs are going to be some of the the big buffs that we see classes get but then of course yeah. those will have already gotten value so in the uh, end health yeah. what is your your gain there like yeah you're like mouse, right that's what you're yeah. kind of going for um okay all right uh next we have stubborn suspect stubborn suspect is a four mana three three death rattle summon a random three cost minion this is a c plus So, remember, C-plus is, like, around where, uh, in our old tier list, it would be around, like, a 130, 140. Like, around Mm a 140, right? So, good. Like, remember, there were a lot of quite good cards there. Um, It's a good tempo card. We've seen this before. This is,
0: uh, Disguised Wanderer, except instead of getting a 9-1, you get a random 3-plus minion, which, honestly,
1: is usually better than a 9-1. Yeah, it is. So, look, it's fine. It's good. Uh... Don't look at uh, C+, plus and be like, "Oh, C+, plus, ew. Uh, no, C+, plus, like, remember, 140, 140. Like, that's, that's quite good there.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Next, we have Lion's Guard. Lion's Guard is a 5-mana, 4-6 common card battle cry. If you have 15 or less health, gain plus 2, plus 4, and taunt. So you got this mechanic that used to be a warlock mechanic making a comeback. Uh fifteen or less health. Remember we're in the meta now where fifteen or less health is dangerous. Very, very dangerous. Because you have Battleground Battlemaster in this game now. So when you are in danger, you can get this five mana four six is terrible these days. Um but you can get this to be a six ten for five mana, which is probably later on in the game, so Matters less than it's uh, it's five mana. You just like kind of like get a couple of extra mana and make this card a big card. Get a big ton, which is all really nice. Um, but the the trigger is something that y- y- you're not going to get to that often before you die.
1: Uh, yeah, it's funny. Now fifteen health uh, for neutrals is a break point. We played for years in the Draconid Enforcer. Uh, not yeah. meta because it never but like you know you thought about it right it's like oh Drakenid. Mm-hmm. let's think about draconid it's like uh and, and with that it was uh, it didn't taunt it just ended uh ended games right because instead mm-hmm. of a 6-6 six, six, it became a 9-9 nine, nine, and you know that, that was huge uh and now you have this this is much more annoying because if you're at 15 or less health um it's like this is exactly what you want and mm. the only thing that really holds it back is the fact that a five mana, four, six is real bad. It's, it's really, yeah. really, really, really bad. You can't just. Uh, like, you play give it off stats five you
0: need days. to, right? Yeah. But any five drop is better than this.
1: It really is. So that's the thing that's holding it back. And, like, are you not. Like, if this is one of your only options, are you really not going to play it? Uh, no, you're no, going to play it. I think you should play it. But that and, sucks. And yeah, uh, that sucks. <laughs> that's yeah. really the problem with this card because you can't
0: just like wait until you have fifteen or less health. You very easily will die in one turn. You could between just die. fifteen and zero. Very easily, like half the time, you're not going to ever exist at, a, at at fifteen or less health. You will just be at more than fifteen health, and then you will be dead the next turn.
1: Yep. So Lion's Guard it makes its way to a C plus, and that's uh, that's quite good for being so understated it it Mm -hmm. just goes to show that when you hit the condition it's so good oh my god Mm -hmm. five mana uh six ten Ten taunt taunt. oh man yeah okay um all right so those are the pluses
0: uh and those are the c pluses we're now going to go to the c's these are like yeti and stuff that's like a little bit better than a yeti um, and the first one is still my favorite card of, uh, of the set. Um, it's, it's Peasant. Such a, such a normal, non-assuming name. It's so it is A Peasant. One mana, two, one. Peasant, stronger than Stormwind's recruits, confirmed. Uh, They should really go and recruit peasants instead of whatever the hell they're getting. Well,
1: this is like, you you, you know, in those movies where like the old war general just retires and becomes like a peasant in the farm and he's called back into action or something like that. that, That's it. You know, that's why he has double the Mm -hmm. attack of like a stormwind dude. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then at the start of your turn, draw a card.
0: If you play it on turn one, you're going to draw a card like probably more often than not which is nice. Uh, if you play it afterwards, it's probably probably not, but who knows? There's a lot of taunts in uh, in United and Stormwind, and uh, a lot less initiative. So, I don't know the meta exactly, and no one can know the meta exactly, because Blizzard messes with the offering odds, but it would not surprise me if this card, even later on in the game, has like a 50% chance-ish of being able to survive a turn, even at one health. Um, all the pings are gone, so... Uh, if you don't have a natural ping and only mage has a natural ping that goes through taunts you're you're kind of in uh you're kind of in a bind here like this card could and remember drawing cards is useful now just like having more cards is useful now because the skullamance is gone you are no longer an endless card advantage meta you actually do want more cards uh so the upside is is quite large um of course it's not higher than this because like Half the time, it's just, just a Murloc Raider, and Murloc Raiders are terrible.
1: Yeah, so look, this is a C tier. Uh, the very bottom of C is a Yeti. So this is, like, how good is it for you? For me, it's like, you know, a, a little bit better than a Yeti. Yeah, I'll take this over a Yeti. Yeah, I-, I will definitely take this over a Yeti. Uh, the problem is it's a 2-1. If <laughs> we were talking about just a 1-mana 2-1, that's what? Like a uh, F+. Plus? F. Yeah, I was about to say. F I plus? don't think it's a D. I think it's. I, I think it's a f It plus, could be right? a D. I I don't know. Like it's bottom of D or very top of F. Plus. I think it's an F plus. So that is how much. If if you guys are curious, once again, and
0: we're we're trying. No, no, no. no. It's not an F plus. A one two is an F
1: plus. Yeah. So I think a two one would be a D.
0: Okay. I think a two one will. Well, yeah,
1: be no, no, but that was a one two that could grow. Huh? Oh, if
0: you get merlocks.
1: Yeah it no, could grow know. to a 2-2 which is a world yeah, yeah, of difference yeah, yeah. hey okay, okay okay i'm sticking with but my murloc F- raider is
0: better than a tied whatever tied thing that, yeah that thing
1: so has. that's how many points it's getting um I- i'm gonna tell you this right now uh you're gonna look at this rating of a c and you're gonna be angry uh because if you play arena enough you will single-handedly <laughs> lose to this yes at- in at least a game no, i'm sorry no, you no, will more than a you game will. way more than a game yeah you just will um now the problem is it's like the average effect, right? Yeah. It's the average effect, um, and that's kind of it. It's like look at uh, uh, any of those potential kind of snowball cards that aren't exactly good but can just blow you out of a game. Mm-hmm. This is it, and this is going to be more annoying because it's a one drop, right? It's going to be a one drop, and if they draw like three cards and and it ends up being a close game that they win, you can definitely point to this and say it's because of a stupid peasant um like, like remember how good gibberling is yeah i just want to bring you back nowadays
0: Gibberling's not good you would not take it the way you would take it back then but this is like gibberling but it's a two one instead of a one one which is yep. a world of difference like if it survives it's gonna attack just like a gibberling and you're gonna get a card and the card is probably approximately what a gibberling was worth back then yeah so this is the equivalent of a back then gibberling, which was quite decent. Now it's not necessarily appearing in a class in mean, which you could do a lot of things with it with Gresham, You don't know exactly what you're getting, whereas you do with a gibberling a lot of things, right? But it's, it's like old school gibberling, and we had a lot of fun with
1: gibberling, and gibberling was legit a good card. It was legit, and that was in a world with og merchants and uh, you know penflinger and everything, right? Like we had. Well, no, 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 no. It wasn't. G- g- I'm talking about old when Gibberling Oh, you're talking now. about no, old now. Oh, I thought you meant the when Gibberling is said, not good. Well, not, not, not the 2 2, but we had a period where we had the one mana Gibberling w- along with all of the other stuff and with Druids being good. Yeah, yeah, and remember. it was still not good. No, nah, it was good. I mean, good. it was good, it was way it worse was than fine. Yet. Like so no, 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 no. Oh well, it depended on the meta I took Gibberling over a Yeti. But that was because like that was when um this is when Lotus was in, you know. Lotus yeah, yeah, plus yeah, yeah. all of this stuff. Yeah. Uh so between a Yeti or the Gibberling, oh my gosh, the Gibberling every single time. Oh no, I Oh yeah, definitely. Yeti. Uh Um But yeah,
0: but this is like that, with less guarantee of what you're getting, but the same kind of value card. Okay. Um it's a peasant. I was hoping this came out to be higher. It didn't. But for good reason. Oh, okay. yeah. I I wasn't expecting this
1: <laughs> to be higher. Um, C, that's cool. Next we have uh, this card. God damn it! I I, I love this card. I don't understand. Uh, I don't understand. No love for these one I, mana no, cards that are replacing the og merchants. What? How is this one mana? Oh, are you not looking at the same card that I'm looking at? I'm looking at stockades guard. Stockades guard. Oh wait wait, wait. stockades is guard. man Okay. Oh no, no no this is fine um stockades guard like this
0: is a weird card to really hate on
1: no it was a stockades prisoner i was looking at okay uh
0: stockades guard one mana one three battle cry give a friendly minion taunt it's
1: good it's fine Mm
0: -hmm. it's good it's a c not much to say about it
1: it's like a strong c it doesn't make it to a c plus for me but it's a strong c like it's good it's Mm -hmm. yeah there you go all right that's that's all i gotta say about it honestly um next we have a card that makes an appearance here but it's not the same throughout we're talking about florist this is a two mana two three uh at the end of your turn reduce the cost of a nature spell in your hand by one we have it here uh at at a c uh for shaman and druid and then nature spells yeah for because nature spells and then for everything else it's a d plus um but yeah,
0: uh, D-, D plus being where like Crocs are because it's basically because it a
1: is a Croc. Yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, not much to say here. Uh, don't don't think you're gonna get like ridiculous value out of it. You're, you're getting one mana, and you're not getting it immediately. You're getting it whenever you play this like nature spell.
1: You have to play yeah. Uh, so you have to play this. The like... nature spell has to be in your hand. Blah, blah blah. But you know what? It's it's a thing. It's a thing. So this is where Forest uh, is. It's a C for those two classes, Shamans and druids. Okay. Mm-hmm. Next, we got Mailbox Dancer. God, I, all right, this thing two
0: is- mana, three two. Battle cry. Add a coin to your hand. Death rattle. Give your opponent one. So this is better than a uh, than a raptor because you get the coin before your opponent. Also, unless you're playing it as your only two drop, you can choose to play it whenever you want when you need the coin or if a coin will be helpful. Whereas if a coin would like devastate you, you could just not play the card. So it is better enough than a river croc, I think to justify it as a C rather than a D plus, but it's like the lowest, the lowest C.
1: Yeah, it's fine. Um, That's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Choice is always good. Like choice is a good thing. And and sometimes you can think about it and and you don't have a choice, right? Like that's fine too. If you don't have a choice, you don't have a choice. But you can think about it. And when you do have a choice, you can choose. There you go. Okay. Next, we have... SI7 Skulker. 2 mana, 2,
0: 2 stealth. Battlecry. The next card you draw costs 1 less. So, whereas the previous one was a very low C, this was probably a high C without getting to C+. Uh, two mana two two stealth is kind of a serviceable card. It's really like a little bit below uh, like the cut. Like I'd rather have like a uh, a two three or a three two uh, than a two two stealth. But it's it's very close. Um, and to make up for that, you get one one less. You get one mana less at some point in the future. Like maybe even the next turn. Maybe even the, like this turn. Oh, sorry, no. Yeah, it could be this turn, but probably the next turn. Um,
1: and that that more than makes up for it. Yeah, it's just the body itself is very unspectacular yeah. so
0: that's why it's, it's a not
1: seat. a 3-1 stealth it's a 2-2 two two stealth yep okay next oh yeah here uh let's see here we go we have the entrapped sorceress entrapped sorceress <laughs> Uh, is a 3 mana 3 4 battle cry. If you control a quest, discover a spell, it is a 3 mana 3 4. This is where it's at.
0: And 3 mana 3 fours are very bottom of C. Very sea. bottom Getty's. of C. Yep. So this is very
1: um, bottom of C. Remember that. This may
0: also not be in the game for the arena yep. if they continue their thing of not doing anything that mentions quests into the game. Yep. But just
1: in case, we're covering it. The, we're just giving it a score, but we don't need to talk about it at all uh next we have guild trader once again just like with florist guild trader is making its appearance here for a few classes guild trader is a four mana three four tradable spell damage plus two so we we saw like a two two version of this um, in earlier expansions with uh spell damage plus two and now you get more stats and you also get a tradable as well um super important tradable super important tradable very important tradable uh so we put it here for c for mage warlocks priests and shamans and for the others you're going to see it in the uh the d plus uh remember d plus is pretty much where it would be if it was just a
0: one mana card that says tradable like it did nothing but says tradable one
1: mana draw a card is around a d plus the, the main, like, a low D+. Plus. Part of the problem with guild trader um, is the fact that how often is the t- plus 2 spell damage going to matter? Like, are you using both yeah. of them? Um, how often are you able to play the thing you want to play plus this on the same turn because if you play it before and hope that it will survive uh, 4 mana 3, 4, I don't know how much it's going to survive. You know? Um do you have the spell like it, 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 there's a lot of like ifs right so when you hit on this it's going to hit pretty big potentially mm-hmm. you could hit real big on this um but yeah it's 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 just a c um which isn't terrible right like remember yeti is at uh the bottom of c i think this is like yeah. a c period mm-hmm. you know it's it's in yeah, there for the for the classes that have
0: uh, especially board cleary uh the things that stack with spell damage. Yep. Um, But again, it's like when you have a tradable card, the value you get is in what, uh, besides the floor, which is really important for this card because you're going to trade it away more often than not. Uh, But you also get the, the, the option until you get it. And the option here is that it will combo with something that you draw later or that you have now when the situation comes together. It may or may not come together, but you can always trade it on later when you actually need a real card rather than this card. Um, which puts it puts the floor at like d plus and the uh the benefit of having this option until you trade it puts it into
1: uh the, the c category yep okay so that's where we're at with the uh guild trader and finally we have
0: no no that's it
1: no do. No, is that it no we still have one more these are legendaries no, there is Morarg oh, really? Forge Fiend. Oh, he's not a legendary. He is, dude. That would be the lamest. People would complain. People <laughs> Sorry, would complain. Sorry, I just get the name. If uh, but I forgot Forge Morarg is just
0: a tribe. Fiend. And Forge Fiend. Yes, is not his last name. So,
1: uh, but his title. This like, is like, a his job. eight mana. I don't. But yeah, sure. Job. Eight mana. Eight, eight eight demon. It has a demon tag, by the way. Uh, mm-hmm. With taunt and death rattle, gain eight armor. It's a C. Like, you know, it's 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 fine. Uh, 8 mana, 8, 8 taunt. And... Iron Bar cries in a corner. Yeah, well, I mean, th- those cards have been invalid for quite some time now. If you need a giant taunt, if you're dying, this is about as good as you're going to get, right? Like, a giant taunt that also gives you a ton of armor, it's not bad. It's just the, the problem is, like... Mm, man you are expecting a lot from big drops these days and this is uh Mm -hmm. just okay
0: you know Um, and this does nothing if you're not dying yeah it's just the eight mana eight eight that taunts if you're not dying and that is pretty bad these days
1: yeah so this is fine like it's uh um the fact that it's a big drop and it doesn't suck uh is is good enough like in 2021 Mm -hmm. this is uh, super underwhelming for an 8-drop like, yeah. right, you, you expect to see something more. So, it's going to be useful uh, some games. You will take it sometimes, but you, you got to do better if you're an A drop. That's it. Yeah. So, these are the okay cards. I don't think there's
0: that many, like, trap cards in here. I don't think anyone's looking at these cards and being like, these are amazing, or, like, these are terrible. This is a pretty straightforward set. Um,. The more interesting ones we really covered in the in the last video this one this is the straightforward like meat and potatoes uh part of uh of the neutrals that they're adding okay all right um so uh do you have any shout outs to give before we move on to the deep cuts
1: uh sure let's shout out the patreons again thank you for giving us monies uh so thank you to rv night train yin uh 15 gold cringe eric l aaron ls dan f corova reg 4p and brand new thank you guys uh, for your support hope you guys uh, enjoy this uh we will see you on the next section see you guys bye
0: welcome back to uh the united and stormwind grinning goats card valuation stream Podcast, Vod. Hello. Hi. This is This
1: is Merps. Uh, let's finish this up fast. Neutrals. Okay. These neutrals, are the. These are right. the ugh ones. These are <laughs> yeah. The... These
0: are the bad ones. These are in D, which is we categorize as bad, and uh, F, which we categorize as terrible. And then we're going to get to the legendaries, which you know are not necessarily terrible, but we just don't see them often enough, so we're going to put them in the same video. It also gives you a reason to watch this video because who cares about the bad cards? All right. First bad card is D+. plus. This is our best bad card, which means that this is like around a river croc or a a bloodfen raptor. Um, You'll take it in your deck, you're just not like particularly happy about it, but it's not going to like lose you the game or anything like that. And it is Stockade Prisoner! It is an epic card, it is a 2 mana 5-4, starts dormant after you play 3 cards, this awakens.
1: Yikes, man okay, look uh, I'm just gonna say I was not a fan of this. We put this as a d plus I'm like, oh, it's a d uh i i I don't love this i i I don't love this at all
0: okay but but our differences is whether it's a d or a d plus which is whether it's like a three mana three three or like a two mana two three which is a
1: pretty big difference it's it's a um, difference it's a difference right so on the old is, scale, I'm thinking this is like a 70 or 75. You're th- thinking this is like a 95. Like a 90. Yeah, around 90. So like yeah. we're not that far. So what, for like for example, the traveling merchant, we were 40 points apart. Here we're like 20 mm. points apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah, but it's also like the lower part of the scale, so it matters more. It matters like each, more. like right. 10 points. Um, so that's how the scale was set up in the first place. But yeah, so stockade's prisoner. Uh, let's work it out, right? Let's say you play it on two. You play it on two, then you play a card on three, a card on four, a card on five. It uh, pops out on five as if you played an extra 5-4 on turn five, except you, you spent the mana on turn two and you didn't get anything for a while, but it's an extra 5-4 instead of the 2-3 before. Now, As we all know, how Dormant cards, especially Dormant 2-drops, work with uh, Imprisoned fiend, is that it's really good to be able to spend some mana on turn 2 and then not have a 2-drop. Because it means your 3-drop, which are all so much better than 2-drops tempo-wise, all of them, will just eat the 2-drop and then go on and probably trade or do some helpful things to your opponent's 3-drop and you're just getting positive trades from that point on so that when something does pop back up like the biofiend um it has a uh an effect that already gave you a bonus although it did nothing but stay dormant right so that's a big reason why i don't think this card is like d i think it's more like d plus is because there is this hidden element where if you play it on curve even though it's gonna not see in the light of day for a long time it's making the rest of your trades better Like, sure, you could have also just not played any cards on turn two and gotten the same effect. Uh, But you do get an extra 5-4, which is pretty damn good on turn five. And you could get it on turn four if you just play two two two-drops or, like, just two cards rather than uh, a four, which will happen, like, half the time these days, you know, if you, like, really wanted it to. Um, And if you do it, if you manage to pull it off on turn four, then a 5-4 is actually on curve. And you will get, like, two four-drops, essentially, on turn four, which is pretty good because that's kind of what Vile Fiend does because the 3 5 rush is just kind of like a good four drop. So here you're gonna get a bad four drop rather than a good four drop. Um, mm. Like, okay, I, I'm, I'm trying to make comparisons with Vile Fiend because they're both two mana cars that stay dormant and they're neutral. Obviously, this car is nowhere near as good as uh, Vile Fiend. We're rating it a D rather than Vilefiend, Fiend, which I think we would rate like a B or something. Uh, so we're like many tiers below uh, Vilefiend. Um, but I'm just trying to show that it is kind of a playable card. And obviously in the late game, it's just it's dormant for one turn. Because you're going to play three cards,
1: including the turn this is played on, by the end of your second turn. Okay. Uh, look, I mean we're not so far apart. But yeah, I looked at this and I was like, oh, yikes, no. Um, yeah, okay. I think your discussion covers it because you were also like, okay, I know what you're gonna say. I'm like, yeah, that that, that is what I say, uh, but that that's fine. Okay, uh, we yeah. can we can move on. Okay, we can move
0: on with this. So I don't know. Like I think some people may be high on this card because they think vile fiend, um, and this is not vile fiend. It's not even close to vile fiend in its power. Mm-hmm. Um, but it does let you spend mana on turn two. That's it's kind of the only thing it has in common with vile Yep.
1: Uh, um all right so next uh we touched upon these two we'll we'll just mention them again uh because for d plus we have florist uh as well as the guild trader uh remember when it doesn't hit yeah the florist uh, is a two mana two three at the end of your turn reduce the cost of a nature spell in your hand by one so it is a d plus for the non-shaman and druid classes and the guild trader which is the uh four mana three four tradable spell damage plus two um it is in the d range for the non mage warlock priest and shaman classes so that's that's where we're at if you want to hear the discussion and you didn't look at the previous video uh you can check out the previous video but that's uh that's also in the d plus and now we're on the d's The D's. So the D's are things that are like four mana four fours,
0: three mana three threes. Like three mana three threes at like the very bottom of D. Four mana four four will probably be like a little bit in the middle of the D's. Like that's that's where you're at. Like these cards really do hurt. Like don't don't take these.
1: Yeah. They won't
0: necessarily kill your run, but they're they're starting to hurt. Whereas the D pluses are like you can kinda
1: cover for them, you can find situations maybe. These these hurt. Okay, so uh, I think the first one might surprise some people, I don't know. But the first one is Deep Run Engineer. Deep Run Engineer is a 2-mana 1-2 cry. Discover a mech, it costs one less. Discover
0: so- a claw machine if you are my opponent.
1: Yeah. Discover crap. If you are you. Okay, so this, I initially looked at it. I was like, okay, I mean, it's minimum a C. Like, a minimum a C, right? Discover good, right? Yeah, discover great. <laughs> uh, okay, here's a few problems. And uh, I remember watching Dredd's review, KekW, by the way. And um, I remember him is like, okay, well, we all remember, um, what was it? Museum Curator, right? And how that was, like, mm-hmm. pretty good, and that didn't even reduce it. Um, that was for a different era, Death Rottles were really good back then, especially mm-hmm. if you remember like you I mean, could, Death Rattles are pretty good now. I mean Death Rattles are pretty good now, right? Death Rattles have only just gotten better. Um mm-hmm. uh, and at that time especially you can like keep on discovering dark cultists, right? Like you could just discover a lot of this stuff. Death Throttles were really good. Here, yeah, you discover something that make it cost one less. I looked at the pool of mechs is it bad. It's real bad, guys. It's really don't, don't bad. Just,
0: don't just look at Claw Machine and be like, Claw Machine's really good. Yes, Claw Machine's really good. Almost everything else is not just like bad, it's like near unplayably bad.
1: Yeah, so that's the problem with this card. There's really no upside. Like, if you want to look at this as a like oh it's like um one mana one two and then you get to discover something or you can look at it like oh you bank the mana you discover something um yeah like uh people in the chat are saying like tarot is in the chat saying right now um Spider yeah you, you're 10, good options. On, if you're, those, those are, are not your, good options yeah those are your I mean, quote, okay good am- amalgam
0: amalgam is is a good option if you play it on curve so yeah that comes out on three but other than that the other ones aren't good options the other ones are cards that would be a c tier
1: yeah so like here's like those aren't good cards here's the problem with it like okay your your goal is to get claw machine right like that's that's mm-hmm. very good in, in fact like if you were to Get call Machine like th- this is amazing yes. for you. This is really yes. amazing for you. Uh, Dirigible is your it's, it's is good. good card. Yeah, yeah. But Dirigible is a
0: small card, and you're not playing this on turn two. You're yep. like you're doing something really wrong if you're playing this on turn two. Like I don't know if you have any other options at all, this is not a two drop. Yes, it's reducing. You're banking a mana somehow. Uh, but but the mana is not going to get paid till like play till
1: like way later. Like this is a bad bad two drop. Yeah. Um. And remember the the uh. The expansions that are being reintroduced, we have some real bad mechs. Real okay, bad I'm gonna. Mechs. All right, so Saviors of Oldham. You have Mortuary Machine. If you guys don't remember that, this is one of <laughs> the like just the, the worst cards of all time. Like five mana, eight eight mech. After your opponent plays a minion, give it reborn. Um, actually terrible. Actually game losing. Just uh, just unplayable. unplayably bad. Right. Uh, that was Saviors of Oldham. Uh, which would introduced oh, unpowered steam bot uh, yes unpowered steam bot. and clockwork automaton like Ooh. we had yeah 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 um so it, it just really really bad stuff there and then your decent ones are you know those uh and then we had some like bad class mechs as well that were introduced in, in those so like you could get the call machine if you miss with a call machine like even if you like you hit with the dirigible and it's like okay like that you know cool yeah you know i I avoided a bad situation i got a dirigible that was nice um you get like
0: not even good enough to save this card it like makes this card okay makes this card maybe a c instead of a d if you can guarantee to get a dirigible if it says like discover a dirigible it costs one less this would be like a c
1: it's just the the other choices are so vanilla, which means it's so bad. Like-, it's like, remember what you're doing with this card, by the way. It's not
0: like zero mana, discover a card. You're spending two mana to get a one-two. And a one-two these days is worth like zero mana. So you're just losing a mana, and then you're banking a mana, which means you get it later, which is worse. So if you're not playing this mech on the same turn then what you're effectively doing is, first of all, paying one mana for a 1-2. I mean, sorry, paying, like, a card for a 1-2. And then you're losing a mana. And then, like, you're banking a mana. Right. Like, there's so many negatives attached to it. So don't look at just the quality of the card that you're getting back. Also, like, add the cost onto it. This is not a cost-free kind of, like, generation card. This is not your, like... Scorpid where it's like well it's pretty much an Emperor Cobra which is a decent 3 drop and then you just get a card no you're paying it extra mana and forcibly playing a 0 mana 1 2
1: yeah yep so that's where we're at like it's meh um mm-hmm. yeah and people are like oh some classes have really good class mechs yeah they also have some really bad class really mechs. bad ones they also have some really bad ones that you're, were- you're actually better
0: off uh, this card is better off in classes without class mechs yeah because uh the you, you up your chance of getting claw machine which is really the only winner here like none of the other cards will get you above like a maybe a yeti i'd still honestly rather take a yeti even if i'm guaranteed a dirge Although I can see the argument that you'd rather play a 4-mana dirigible plus 1-2. Right? Like, think about it. You're playing a 4-mana dirigible plus 1-2. Is that better than a Yeti? Maybe. It's kind of it's, it's kind of a toss-up, right? Uh, and that's your second best option.
1: Yeah. You're just look, looking at the top end. It's like, if you hit the claw machine, it's so good. If you don't, it's like you, you jump through an extra hoop to get what a circus amalgam you jump through an extra hoop to get the spider tank Mm-mm. that that means it's really bad um you jump through a hoop to get the claw machine is that better than claw machine no that's worse than a claw machine sometimes it's better than a claw machine but like yeah uh that's well, that's no, this is it's it's all, all always
0: worse because you're always losing a mana
1: well I, uh, but i'm assuming like you know you could get it out a turn quote earlier than you could have oh, gotten oh, it oh, out you yeah you ramp it basically so right? you you yeah you ramp But that it. doesn't even matter because you ramp because you have to anti-ramp before you have to play a i mana one two well before. yeah but things can set it up such like you, you know what i mean like and i'm trying yeah, to give but that,
0: i think that's like a bad logic that like, sure, you're actually ramping sure. anything like it's not like claw machine's like so much better when it's ramped. Uh, so <laughs>
1: yeah, that's that's the problem with it. You just look at the pool and you're like, wow, that is not good. Um, is is bad? It's bad. Your your chances of okay, so y- yeah, if you only have one quote high roll, uh, the rest of the like you know a, a, a handful that are like all right, fine, and then a lot of terrible slash unpickable mm-hmm. slash uh you know like there's no way in hell this could be ever useful cards um then yeah that's that's where we're at we are at mm-hmm. ad
0: so this one is i think this is a potentially tricky card because you're going to see it get claw machine a fair amount of time there's not that many makes in the pool but the odds are bad yeah. Like the odds are not in your favor for this card, even though there is a decent chance to get Claw Machine. So it's gonna feel bad, but then you're gonna play with this card. And you're gonna be like, Nyeh. so you'll 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 see. Uh, next up is Northshire Farmer. Remember, we're on D's. These are bad cards that are like playable, but like kind of barely. Uh, they're not gonna kill your deck, but you know. Meh. And it is a three Northshire farmer is a three mana three three, uh, Cry, choose a friendly beast shuffle three 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 copies in your deck, so you have to have a friendly beast. It has to have an ability so that three three copies in your deck are actually like worth it. Um, it's just a lot of ifs, and it's otherwise more normally just a three
1: mana three three, which is why it is where it is. I don't know that there's much to say about it. Yeah. I don't know. That's it. There's, there literally is nothing more to say about it. Okay. Uh, next. Two-Face Investor. I love the
0: design, but it's not a good card. Three mana to four. At the end of your turn, reduce the cost of a card in your hand by one with a 50% chance to increase. <laughs> and I took that to mean that instead of reducing the cost of a card in your hand by one, it increases it by one. That is what it means, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. So, now, this isn't even. You may be like, oh, so then this ability is pure RNG and it's even. No, this is a positive ability, because if it increases it by one, you just don't play it. If it decreases it by one, you play the next turn and, you know, get your one mana. So it is a positive ability, but it's also RNG, and it's a three mana two, four.
1: Which is very bad. Yep. Uh, so look, um, this is, yeah, it's a... Some people just don't want to take that chance. But we are in an era in which you, you just have to take chances. It's just how you want to take your chances, right? I'm not saying to take your chance on this. I'm just saying that some people look at something like this and they're like, oh, I would never take that chance. No, you. if you want to win in Hearthstone in 2021, you're taking chances one way or the other. Um, some people just look at this and they're like, oh, this is not what I want to take a chance on. And it's like, uh, there's nothing like fundamentally different about this it just makes you feel bad right you see that red like increase on your card and you're like oh man that's terrible but it's fine it's just not a good card you're you're you're, you're paying you're paying um, for this uh, you're paying a lot for this effect like i don't
0: understand why it's not a three four like that would make this a decent card that's not overpowered at all and you would use it and you'd like quote unquote have fun um, with the RNG, right, and it would make every game different. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm glad that it's not uh, that that is not better, so less people will use it, so that you can still make more reads, because this card screws up a lot of your reads. Okay. All right. Next, we are going to get to maybe a controversial card: City Architect city architect rated a d as in barely playable it is a six mana four four battle cry summoned two zero five castle walls with a taunt that is 10 empty taunt stats which is not bad but it's also a
1: six mana four four so this is one i'm gonna tell you guys right now i just didn't care enough about so i think adobe was like here here you go i'm like yep got it um So I'm not saying I disagree because I have no, I I can't really disagree. I'm just saying I haven't really thought about this that much. I don't know. I have no idea. Explain yourself. It's a six mana four, four. Well, no.
0: (laughs) Okay. So we all played with a card that was a four mana three, two that summoned a zero five wall, basically. Right. And it was like, not as good as a Yeti, but kind of okay. Alright, now, imagine that that card costs two more mana for three more stats. And you get another wall, which is kind of pointless because your first wall probably already covered whatever it is you needed to cover. So, yeah, you're going to get some face damage reduction. Yeah, if you really need to protect something that's like generating more stuff and they can't like remove it with a spell or whatever, it could do something. But you're getting into real situational um, uh, issues here. And these are cards that, like, get worse with time, not better. So, that format of 3-2 that summons a wall is, like, way worse than a Yeti now. Whereas it was slightly worse than a Yeti at the time that it was played. Because you just have more options to get over and through taunts. Um, like, it's just, the stats really don't add up. Even with the taunts. And remember, this is coming from me. And I rated Giggling Inventor the best card of all time in the, in the podcast uh, that we did with Kel. Uh, i i love giggly inventor i know the power of a lot of taunts this ain't it this is not necessarily four hits this doesn't deal any damage this comes out one turn later like it's such a different like thing this is not like crappy giggly inventor this is like super crappy giggly inventor
1: yeah yeah well yeah there's no comparison like the fact that the divine shields are on the taunts the taunts have attack like th- th- yeah it came out earlier once again remember we're talking about like pre nerf giggling mm. right nope. um, no it's it's very very different and yes like the, this body uh, the original body has like the attack and the taunts have no attack you want to split that a little bit like you want to split that a little bit plus uh, starting on turn six, A 4-4 is just not good. Like, a 4-4 is just one of those bad stat lines. There was also this
0: other card that was, like, a 5-mana 4-5 taunt that summoned the 0-5 taunt when it died, right?
1: Uh, safeguard. Safeguard.
0: Yeah. So this is, like, 4-4 and doesn't even have taunt. It costs one more mana to summon an extra 0-5 taunt. Like, so it taunts the same amount, but then your damage isn't even on the taunt. And it costs one more mana. Like, I just don't understand... Like, this is not an arena Well,
1: wait, wait. If you're talking about right? Safeguard, Safeguard is six mana.
0: Oh, sorry. Safeguard is six mana. Okay. So, okay. So this is like Safeguard. Yeah. This is like kind of the same as Safeguard. Like, you have a little bit more health, but the health is not attached to the uh, to the damage. Right. But you have right. the same amount of taunts. And we all know how good Safeguard was. It was not good. Like, at, at now, at the time, it was okay. Now, it is significantly worse than a Getty. We played with safeguard it's, it's it was in the meta in the last meta if not this this one yep like this is just i don't know uh but but that's just you, you math it out this is not a complicated card i feel like you need to really do something fancy with the o5 taunts uh in order to make it like actually good like maybe if you had something that buffs everything by plus two plus two or whatever right like you know put it in with uh survival of the fittest or whatever no, it doesn't even work as survival. If it is, I don't know. This, this, I'm sure there's something you're supposed to do with this in a constructed sense, but this is not an arena card.
1: Nope uh, that that is true. I don't know. It might not be for constructed either, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, okay. It might just be a cool concept they wanted to include. I don't know. All right, uh, let's go to the F's. Uh, uh, no know we got one more in the D's. Goldshire Knoll. No, that's a legendary isn't it that is not no no, a no that's not legendary sorry i thought you were going to talk about something else
0: goldshire Knoll is a 10 mana 5 4 rush imagine if that was a legendary uh it does cost one less for each other card in your hand so it's not really a 10 mana 5 4 rush it's actually it's probably like a six mana 5 4 rush which not is still good. not good it's not good um but like rushes are good so even though it's like a super over rush it's still kind of playable. Like, yeah. that's how good, like, mid sized rushes are. That a more or less six mana, five, four rush is still a D. Like, it's not an F.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's okay. Like, it's playable. Um, that's the best thing you can that, say about it. Yeah. It's, like, to
0: quote our tier list, uh, D, which means bad.
1: Okay. But not terrible. Time for Fs. What's the F plus? Okay, got it. F plus. Uh, we have the spicy bread baker. Mm, spice bread baker. No, it's spicy. All right, it's spicy. Um, okay, it's a four the mana three two. The ingredient
0: is love and a lot of butter.
1: <laughs> I mean, what's the difference, right? <laughs> uh, four mana three two. Battlecry: Restore health to your hero equal to your hand size health is relevant i mean look mm-hmm. it, it, like health has become more and more relevant and uh if our most important card is the wind fury <laughs> card you know battleground battle master like health is relevant the stats here are not great sometimes you don't get to heal for a lot a lot of health i know yeah. uh, but it is not an f like the, health is just more and more and more relevant um sometimes this card will be absolutely useless and a four mana three two is like like f, f. minus <laughs> like so bad like f right f um yeah, it's not a, there's there's worse f's yeah a there are yeah um but sometimes it'll be decent mm, sometimes yeah. it'll save you so it's an f plus like if
0: you're down to like only really crappy cards that are below like three mana three threes and stuff like
1: give this one a look see if you might need health yep okay next card um oof it pains me but we got Elwin boar Elwin boar is a one mana one one beast death rattle if you had seven elwyn boars die this game be featured on trolden and equip a 15 three sword of a thousand truths sort of a, a thousand truths is a 10 mana 15 three weapon after your hero attacks Destroy your okay. opponent's mana crystals. I, I, yeah, a one mana, one one. One <laughs> mana, one ones are F's. They are F's. Uh, they're high F's, if it matters. <laughs> but they're F's. All right, they are not F pluses. F's. All right, and and with that, F's in chat for Elwynn bore uh, Like if we were, if we had a tier list for flavor and design, everything about this is S tier. Like this is brokenly good in terms of the design. First, from the stupid Boar stare. to the um the reference if you guys have not seen make love not warcraft the south park episode please watch it it's just one of the best episodes on tv ever just it's it's amazing it's like amazing tv uh hilarious and this is just a reference to that um and even the flavor text and the sort of a thousand truths it's all from like that episode so whoever made this uh, on the dev team oh, my gosh, thank you thank you so much um, but I'm sorry, this is an F <laughs>
0: uh, okay, and then the other F is a package runner um, package runner which is a 3 mana 5-6 and it can only attack if you have at least 8 cards in hand you will not have 8 cards in hand. This is no longer Skullamance. Even in Skullamance, it was very hard to get 8 cards in hand. But right now, you just won't do it. And so it is like a 3 mana 5, 6 that needs to be silenced. Now, Spellbreaker is back in the game. So, it's not a totally useless card. But it's it's pretty
1: useless. It's pretty freaking useless. It's, it's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, so this is like our... Lowest card. (laughs) Yep. Okay. All right. Now let's
0: go on to the legendaries, which are actually interesting, and hopefully we will not see any of them. Because I don't like these legendaries. They are super swingy. Let's start with... uh, it's actually hard for me to find all the legendary, so I'm just going to start with uh, like we're not going to do them in order of how good they are. I'm just going to do them in the order I find them. Okay. All right. Sure. Let's do that. That you find first them. one. Sure. That I find them. So first one is Auctioneer Jackson. Auctioneer Jackson is a two mana two three. Whenever you trade, discover a card from your deck to draw. Discover a card from your deck to draw instead. So rather than getting a random card from your deck, you get discover, which is good, <laughs> but you need to use tradable cards which there
1: aren't that many of so it's overall a c it's like a c a little better than a croc yeah croc is a d plus this is a c it's whatever you're not gonna uh, if, if you think that it's higher I, I don't know you think you're gonna trade a lot more often than you are like yeah. you're just not it's, going it's not to just a
0: tradable card you actually have to
1: trade it. you have to trade it right so you you're, yeah sure like it's hmm. got a little bit of a bonus Next is Flightmaster Dungar. Flightmaster
0: Dungar uh, is a C plus, so it's, a, it's still still kind of normalish. It's a three mana three three battlecry. Choose a flight path that can go dormant, awaken with a bonus when you complete it. Oh god, I don't even want to read all this. But so is there is there a good way to? I don't have a good way to look at. Oh, there we go. Okay, so you have three options for your flight paths. The first option is Westfall. In one turn, you'll awaken and summon a 2-2 adventure with a bonus random effect. This is the one you're gonna do most often. This is not bad. Yet you get 3-3, you get 2-2, you get a bonus down on top of it, you're basically dormanting it for one turn. It's fine. This is what you're gonna do the most often. This is most of the reason why it's a C. Like it's better than a Yeti. Your other option is Ironforge. In three turns, restore 10 health to your hero.
1: You're not going to so, use so, that very often.
0: You're, you're dormant for three turns, and you have to predict that in three turns you need 10 health. Right. What? And not an arena thing.
1: Or you're, like, already in trouble, but you can still survive three <laughs> turns. I don't know. <laughs>
0: yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. And finally, it is Eastern Plague Lands. In five turns, deal 12 damage randomly split among enemies. 12 damage randomly split among enemies isn't even that great, and then you have to wait five turns for it when you don't get this, like, 3-3 even. Like it's just it's all it's all terrible. Basically, you're gonna pick Westfall pretty
1: much all the time, and so that makes it a little better than a Yeti. Yeah, like it's. I mean, it's not just a little bit better than Yeti, like a, a C. So yeah, sorry, okay. it's a significantly plus, better than a Yeti. Yeah, that's significantly better. So remember, a C plus. If a Yeti is a 100, which it is, because Yeti is at the bottom of a C, a C plus means this is about like a 135. So, yeah, like, it's yeah. significantly better. Um, and yeah. I understand it's, like, a little bit better, or significant... Like, how much is is significant. But I do want to show people, like, okay. and yeah, that's true. And, and remember, uh, a 3 mana 3-3 three, three is, like, a 70. So yeah. this is basically double the score. You don't even... You don't even get the initial. It's not out. a three mana three three. Yeah. it's a three mana three three two two with an ability. With an yeah, ability, it's dormant for a turn. But it's dormant for a turn, right? So that's that's where we're at. And the others, yeah, you could choose them. Um, you're probably choosing wrong if you choose the other ones. Like you're almost definitely choosing wrong. Like even if you need to like heal, you'd rather just have the bodies to like trade and attack and stuff. Yeah, yeah. So okay. Um, that's where we're at with the flight master. All right, next legendary. Um, so so far these
0: legendaries are like playable but not like great. Uh, the next legendary is 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 where things are going to start getting getting scary. Cornelia's Rome is the next legendary. This is a six mana four five at the start and end of each player's turn. So that means twice, whenever a turn switches draw a card
1: yep so so every time a turn switches you get two cards yes um so yeah like you drop this if uh, if on six or later it is at minimum six mana for a four five in which you don't draw the cards immediately right you draw the cards at the end of of the of your turn mm-hmm. effectively you it's you the end two of your cards turn. right you, yeah, draw, you effectively two cards. draw
0: two cards at the end of
1: your turn and two cards at the start of your turn at the start of your turn if it comes back to you and yeah, they haven't like killed if you're it. still alive yeah um but yeah that's and then if you don't kill it is. off at that point you get two more cards right because it's the end of your turn right again. Uh, it's it's a card drawing machine it's really freaking good. I, I mean, this is really, really freaking good. Remember, so, card so, card draw is uh, not what it used to be. Yeah. So this is an A plus. We stop
0: short of giving it S tier. Remember, um, S tier is. Uh, I mean, okay, A A tier should not be neutral, but I think legendaries are probably exempt from it. Uh, S tiers are should not be in the game period because there is a downside to this card. Which is that if your opponent kills it, six mana, four, five, draw two cards is a very normal card. It's not even a good card. So, I mean, if your it's, opponent, wait, what do you mean by normal? Six mana, four, five, draw two cards? Mm-hmm. Like a Yeti? I think
1: it's a little bit better,
0: but yeah. I think it's about a Yeti, but okay, fine. A tiny bit better than a Yeti. Um,. It's it's just kind of not great, right? And it only yeah. has 5 health in a pretty late part of the game. Um, so there's a decent chance that it's going to end up being just a little bit better than a Yeti. Now, why it's so high is because of the potential to totally win the game, right? If your opponent can't take care of it. Even if your opponent waits just one more turn, then this card would have drawn you 6 cards. But, if you just keep this guy alive for a little longer... Your opponent's going to start... You're going to start overdrawing. There's potential for mill with this card. Your cards start mattering less and less... When you have a bajillion cards in your hand already... Even if you're not milling anything. So there's this kind of like... Natural cap to this card's power... That makes it like... Not totally busted... And just like super duper duper good. Even in it's
1: upside. Yep. Uh, So yeah. Like... A plus... A whatever, a, like it's just very very a plus. good.
0: Yeah, A plus, not not quite S, but still not a card you really want to
1: face. Um, Definitely not, especially if you don't have initiative. Okay. Oh, next one is the uh, is an interesting one. Next one is Lady Prester. Lady Prester
0: is a six mana six seven, also known as a Boderfist Ogre, even though she looks nicer. Battlecry Transform minions in your deck into random dragons.
1: They keep their original stats and cost yep uh one of you guys can tell me the lore of who lady Prestor is i i don't know like the the further we go on the further i have no idea who these people are but here's how it was rated and this is just all me so you guys can blame me or give me credit or whatever adulto was like yeah i just told verbs. i'm not touching this card so here, oh, apparently it is Onyxia in human form. Thank you. Oh. That makes sense. Okay. Um, I gave this one a B+. And here's the reason why. Once again, remember, B+, is around, it's not yet 200, but it's about 200 in the old scale. So if you yeah. remember what cars were there, you yeah, know, it's this super is, duper it's, good. it's super duper good. I looked at the entire pool of dragons. Now, if you think, man uh dragons overall are very good they are now what is preventing this from being an a or potentially an s first of all it's a borderfish ogre borderfish ogre is terrible <laughs> like it's really bad borderfish ogre is not good you first have to play a borderfish ogre then you have to assuming you're not like drawing on the same turn and whatever and you're able to play it the first opportunity for you to do a dragon thing is the next turn. Maybe. And it's not guaranteed. It's not guaranteed. Like, maybe, right? You're transform minions. Only transforming minions. Right. So you draw a spell, you don't get a cool dragon thing. You draw a minion, there is a very high chance that it has a good to broken effect, right? You can think of Onyxia, you can think of Ysera, right? You know, you can think of Alexstrasza, mm-hmm. all of these good core ones. you got some that are just like okay and you got some that are just plain bad you know now that's not very high because if that were high this would not be a good card but the problem i think you're, you're starting to see it it's like you got to play the Borphus ogre the next turn there is a high chance that you draw a minion and within there there is a high chance that it is a pretty good effect now what is the chance that that effect is something that you need slash really want to do that turn right for for example you might get like um i don't know like the onyxia one but you already have a board so you're like well this doesn't make any sense or it's not as good um mm-hmm. and then if you get a bad one well okay you played ball ogre you get a bad effect and then you know the game goes on you, you and then can't play it. yeah you can't really play it so and, and keep in mind these
0: effects aren't just bonus effects they replace whatever the hell effects you had on your minions so if you had like a five mana four four that did something it's not like you have a five mana four four uh that that does something and then also does whatever this dragon does it loses its ability So, this replacement ability has to be that much better than the original ability. And the replacement ability could be like almost nothing, right? Like, Nazdormu comes out, right?
1: Yeah, so, that's really the problem. Like, okay, if we were, you know, if we didn't, uh, uh, if we were just doing Core Set and kind of like uh, Skullman's Academy and and all of these, um, that would be better. Uh, because i forget exactly which set it is but like you also introduce like the the dragon that summons a 2-1 poison for your opponent you're introducing oh, yeah. the dragon hungry dragon I, I, um oh no not hungry dragon no yeah, what was it? no I no no, it, no, no. It, think, yeah. It, okay. the, yeah no the, the whatever poison uh, uh-huh. thing um uh-huh. uh, oh. but there is also some dragons for um that are just like uh, for example if you get like a dragon ball scorcher even w- when mm-hmm. it's like okay you're like okay well that's not like the bomb i need right so i need to draw my next minion for something at the end of the i I looked at everything i like did a little bit of napkin kind of like not math but trying to figure out i'm like b plus there you go so Mm then so that that, that's where we are b plus
0: all right that's lady prester Next up is, uh, and keep in mind for like legendaries, B plus is like fine, but it's not like broken, it's, right? Like, well, there's too many broken, yeah, there's yeah. too many broken. Even Cornelia's Rome, yeah, there's too many broken. Even Cornelius Rome is just like it matches the
1: top legendaries. It's not like striking new ground. And, when you um, yeah, with the broken legendaries, and remember, this is an almost 200 score card. the 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 problem is that like if you want to get above a 200, you better do something. Number one, immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. with somewhat of a certainty and yeah. that that swing has to be really big and like a battleground battle master <laughs> yeah sure uh and lady presser it doesn't do anything immediately and then you're like okay well if i get a little bit lucky here then i get a little bit lucky there and then like once again you're only asking to get a little bit lucky after that which is why it's decent but, there's you know if you keep rolling that like oh i just got to win a 75 percenter and then a 75 percenter and then 75 percenter it's like uh, you're, you're gonna miss man <laughs> yeah
0: you're, you're gonna miss a lot yeah but all right yeah. next is varian king of stormwind uh and it is one of the most badass pictures Holy i freaking love yeah. this art God damn. Text is, man, this guy is so cool. Sure hopes nothing happens to him. (laughs) No idea what happens to him, but I'm guessing it's not good. Oh, God. Oh, no. It's okay. Anyway. So, it's an 8 mana 7 7 with a battle cry. Draw a rush minion to gain rush. Repeat for taunt and divine shield. So. You have to have these things in your deck, and if you do, you get a card draw for each of them, and then this gains it. Now, gaining Taunt, not a big gain. Gaining Rush, a very, very important gain. Gaining Divine Shield, an an okay gain. Well, if, so, if you have Rush, you definitely want Divine Shield. Okay, if you have both Rush and Divine Shield, super good, right? Like, yes. that's what you're hoping yes. for, both Rush and Divine Shield. But that involves you in your deck still having a Rush and a Divine Shield. Yep. And there are not that many Divine Shield minions in the game, period, uh, in, in neutral. And a lot of the Rushes, especially the big Rushes, just exited with Skull of Man's Academy. Yeah. So... You're, you're actually not going to hit this that often. Like you're going to hit something probably. You're almost certainly going to hit a taunt. Um, but you're going to like miss almost always on Divine Shield and like a good amount of time on, on the rush. Because uh, you can't just have it in your deck. It has to be like currently in your deck. So if you have like a rush or two rushes but you happen to draw them before you play this 8-drop, you're kind of screwed. And otherwise, Like, even if you have a Rush and a Divine Shield and a Taunt, then it's, like, kind of tempo, right? Like, you get a little bit of tempo out of it. But if you miss any of them, then it's anti-tempo.
1: Yeah. Which means
0: you don't want to play it on 8 unless you have all of it. So if you don't have all of it, it just kind of gets worse and worse, and then you run more of a risk of drawing what it is. So in Arena, this is kind of an iffy card. This is, like... Like, it seems like it's a powerful card, and it's Varian, but I, I I did not like it all that much. And we, like, it ended up, we gave it a C, which is just, like, a little bit of Bubby gutty.
1: I agree with that. And because I also looked at, um... The first thing you want to look at, uh, once again, don't be, uh, kind of... Don't tunnel vision and get used to the amount of rushes that we've had in our decks. So many are leaving. So many rushes are leaving uh, with Scalamance and with Ashes of Outland. So, when you like the the fact that like if if this doesn't have rush, that's really bad. And yeah, some people are like, mm-hmm. "Whoa, wait, wait, are you guys forgetting the fact that you get to draw the cards?" No, I I am aware. If you so once again, guys. I understand that if it doesn't get the effect, it is because they don't draw the card, okay? I am I am understanding this, all right? we, are, we are just, I, I get this, because, look, I am making the connection here that in order for them not to get the effect, that means you don't have it, that means you didn't draw it, but that's the entire point. So, yes, when you draw it, it is very good. And, once again, one of the problems is for 8 mana and the 7-7, seven seven, um you need the rush you need these things if you don't have it like okay if, if you guys want to know what is an eight mana seven seven taunt worth i don't know f how plus? many cards would you have
0: to draw to be worth eight mana two you have to draw two cards yeah the eight mana seven seven taunt that draws a card is like a d maybe a d plus yeah probably a d something this like is a that C. Because it's gonna do that, and then sometimes it's gonna get that rush, and every now and then it's gonna get the divine shield. So, like, like not, not frequently.
1: This is also gonna be one of those cards where, like, look, if you're 25 picks in, and you've been able to just, I don't know, get like higher amount of rush. Higher amount of divine shields in your deck, and also especially if you're playing like Paladin, right? If you're playing Paladin and you have like a lot of divine shields, and then so all you have to worry about is the rush and everything, this could swing wildly like this Mm -hmm. score. We're just talking about on average. So, look, if you want to come to me and be like, Oh, Murphs, you were so wrong, like, look how good this was, and I would ask, When did you make the pick? What did you have in your deck already? But, um on average like the numbers it, it, the numbers just don't work out here and for this one it's not just sort of like a how are you using it kind of thing it's just a on average this is how many things your deck will have this is yeah. how you're going to draw at this time how bad is it if you don't hit right and like, it's look, really bad if, if you this, don't hit
0: that's the problem if this is an 8 mana 7 7 that guarantees you draw 2 cards and gains rush and taunt this will be better the problem is you're going to hit that way less frequently with this way less frequently than you hit the extra divine shield for the draw on the divine shield it's really centers on the
1: rush and there is not that much rush left in the game there's just not that much rush so people are saying like oh man but isn't it like a better warbear warbear always has rush warbear has rush this one doesn't have rush the whole problem is this card does not have rush like
0: half the time more than half the time probably more than half the time. Like where are you getting your rushes are you taking the goldshire no probably not right like where where else are the rushes coming from what's that the three three like tradable rush the impatient shopkeep how many of those are you taking in your deck you're not going to take it over anything for the most part you're going to take other stuff over it like there's no rush in this
1: set there's little rush in all the other sets that are coming in um your class rushes by the way are not all great and if you want to look at core rushes neutrals you got
0: they're also you have
1: emerald sky talon you have red gill razor jaw how how often are you drafting sky talons and razor jaws right so like think about rushes and and why you you think that every deck has rush right now it's because you always draft someone's fire yeah
0: yeah in chat someone's talking about the 8 3 rush with divine shield Gilnean royal guard yeah that's not a good card if you're drafting that that's not good like that, that that's, that's like not an a okay good card. card at best like it was never a great card but it was like a good card and nowadays it's like a yeti
1: yeah it's okay but um yeah like you're you're taking out the broomsticks <laughs> right you're taking out the uh, the rusty raiders you're taking fishy, out the fishy yeah. flyers um those were in every single deck, right? Those were mm-hmm. so you can always assume you claw always machine, had dirigible. It. Dirigible does not have rush, so just claw machine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dirigible doesn't naturally have rush. Remember that. Um, mm-hmm. So claw machine. Swift messenger is sure.
0: okay. Yeah, Swift messenger is okay. Like we're not saying there are no rush cards, but like you have to have rush cards, and then you have to not have drawn them by the time you're playing variant.
1: Yeah. So, uh, guys, like that's the thing. Like whenever I say I'm like okay, like like you're not going to have as many rush cards but they're like murphs i i will name this one card to disprove it i'm like well, i don't understand <laughs> I don't the name point three cards i don't deny that this exists i'm just saying that it is not the, the plentiful bounty of rush that you are used to um, and, and here's the other
0: thing about drawing card you miss taunts more often than you think like you won't miss them often but you'll miss them like 20 25 percent of the time because you would have just like you would only end up with like two cards that actually have the word taunt written on the card or three, and you would just happen to have drawn them all before you end up playing your Varian. Because to play Varian, you have to be at eight mana and you had to have drawn Varian at some point. So Varian is played eight mana earliest, turn eight earliest, but very possibly after turn eight as well. And sometimes, not 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 you know most of the time, you're going to draw all your taunts. Like there are no good new taunts coming in that have the word taunt on it. Like, you have Stormwind Guard, right? Which is it. Morak Four Eh, not really, like, too great. And then, um... Okay, you have, uh... You do have your, uh... Your Encumbered Pack Mule. Like, you have some stuff. But it's just, like, it's all... It's all very iffy. And when you add them all up, the odds are not super favorable. To draw two cards. They're super
1: favorable to draw one, at least. You're gonna draw a card, um but okay like you you, yeah. you get divine shield on it which means you have a force tank max that drew a card um great that's fantastic um if you just get rushed it's like all right you know that's that's fine right um but the downside is really bad and of course mm-hmm. the upside is really great but like man, to hit that that's like it's it's hard it's really yeah. really hard it's not impossible and i'm i'm gonna tell you guys right now like this is one of those scores in which like uh yeah you can look at your deck later on in the draft pick 26 pick uh 29 right and, and you look at it and you're like holy shit, this is like a, a, a stupidly good uh variant deck and sure yeah and in those they would be like the auto pick over like everything but on average no that's all we're saying on average no like you you can sometimes pick it and be absolutely correct in doing so but if you're just drafting normally and once again i mean normally right it's like mm-hmm. not not like you're you're picking gilnean royal guard over actually really good cards and then you get rewarded with very um no like if you draft normally and then you know you get this at the end of your draft or even in the middle of your draft and you continue yeah. to draft kind of like normally um it doesn't work out. That's it. That's all we're saying. Yeah, and it's not that it's like bad. It's
0: we're rating it a little above a yeti. We're not saying like this is an unplayable card. It's just not a premium card at all.
1: No, it, it's just too hard. Like it's too conditional. Mm-hmm. That's 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 it. So
0: all right, that is it for all of the neutral cards in United and Stormwind. As you can see. Like it's an okay set, it's a 2021 set, it is a current year set, but it is not breaking boundaries outside of Battleground Battlemaster. That is the one boundary breaking card. Everything else is kind of normal, they make you think a little, but more so in like planning your deck than in how you actually play it except for tradable. Everything else is uh, it's kind of straightforward. this is um, it's a simple set. I think
1: for arena yeah it's it's very simple um i think people were quite underwhelmed i i know uh people were talking about it on arena hs being like wait is, is this like one of the tamest or you know most boring or underpowered sets we have seen um i, I think it's certainly a surprise to a lot of people who were expecting uh either an escalation or, or even like mm-hmm. a lateral move from these sets that are rotating out, for example, Ashes and Skull Mats. Mance. Yeah. Um, but we really saw just them raining it in a little bit, uh, especially mm-hmm. for the neutrals. We will see there. there's, there's yeah. definitely some power in the class cards, right? And that's Even to be the class expected.
0: cards aren't ridiculous.
1: Yeah, I overall. Overall, yeah, I, overall, I definitely agree. Yep. I definitely so, agree. So,
0: it's, it's just kind of crazy to look through all the cards and in the non-Legendaries, there's like one B-plus that's disputed. Where it's like, you think it's a B, I think it's a B, and then we have one A in the neutrals, and that's it. So, this is like very close to a set that when the neutral side that actually gets my like stamp of approval of like just being like, if I were the head balance guy of Blizzard and we were just making this for arena purposes, I'd be like, all right, let's ship this. Very close to it. We're like one card off, basically. Um, and that like pretty much never happens. Because, you know, one, I I, I don't think Blizzard is particularly aware of how their cards work in Arena, the the more complicated ones at least. Um, And two, they are specifically not doing this for Arena. So, you you know, you you have the combination of they're not great at it and they're not even trying. So it just never happens. But in this case, it it, it kind of worked out. Um, So we'll just see just how bad Battlegrounds Battlemaster is. I think it's going to be pretty warping. Um, but but that's it. This is like, this kind of reminds me really of that Giggling Inventor era where you had Giggling Inventor, which was like terrible. Um, and, and Battlegrounds Battlemaster is not Giggling Inventor. Giggling Inventor would be S tier um, uh, for, for the time, uh, uh, unnerved. Uh, but you just have like kind of one problematic card and all the other cards were like cool. And you just had like a pretty great meta and then everybody had giggling inventor, and you're just like, ah, oh, why is this like kind of ruining this near perfect meta? I think it's gonna be similar to that, um, which I really like that meta actually, despite giggling inventor's existence. And I don't think this is gonna be—I mean, this is gonna be more tilting than giggling inventor just because of how battleground battlemaster is set up.
1: But it's—it um, it, could—it could set up a, a pretty decent meta. I think getting rid of all those removals. Is going to be very refreshing for those who have played arena for a long time and maybe think you know the, the boomers including me who are just like god it's just like i remove you remove i remove you remove and there's still certainly a lot of skill to be exercised there in terms of how much you hold back um you know like uh, how do you anticipate the flip uh just just you know, a lot there's still a lot of skill there but i think a lot of people are just tired of like okay now this is the third time you've cleared me the fourth time i'll set it up this way using the information that i've gathered and i think that this would be more difficult for you to clear me for the fourth time but like you know, that's really annoying right i don't like to play that mm-hmm. way either so this is going to uh really change that aspect um because yeah. uh with all the neutral removals with all of the ways to generate um I don't exactly know how it will shake out and no one really does because of the adjustments that are to come remember Blizzard decides the exact meta nowadays we don't know exactly Mm -hmm. how it'll work right for example we looked at when uh like Druids were supposed to suck and then blizzard said no (laughs) Uh,
0: they said no you're
1: always getting arbor up slash mark of the lotus you're always getting these things and then druid was like okay that means i will always get on the board and they can't stop me like i will just win uh so blizzard decides the meta period however you can uh talk about it's like well how is it going to change and even through adjustments unless blizzard just goes absolutely insane to a degree we've never seen before um the aug merchants fishy all these rushes all these initiatives all the ways to generate spells which are initiative in another way that will be felt in in such a huge way and i can't wait to play arena and not have this back and forth kind of um just just nuclear warfare of removal
0: yeah Um, There's a reason this is the first time when we do one of these uh, expansion previews that the meta preview was on the rotation itself and not at all on United and Stormwind. There's good cards in here. They're not what's going to shape the meta, except maybe Battlegrounds Battlemaster. What's going to shape the meta is Ashes of Outlands, and uh skull man's academy not being in there and like murph said it's exciting especially if you're murps and you're like an aggro tempo player like this is like yeah they got the rid- best thing you can
1: ask for. Uh, they got rid of buckets though and that was like the the yeah. death of true aggro it's okay even without true aggro you can at least play like heavy tempo you know like fast
0: tempo we'll which is see. still a different much different feel than what we've been dealing with we'll um, see all right um let's give some shout outs before we end this segment and move on to class cards uh okay do you, you thank people this time i thank people all right well um i'm going to give a shout out to all of the mods here on uh, twitch whether you're you're actively modding right now or uh, or you do so at other times um as well as all of our twitch subs and a reminder to those of us watching to those watching on youtube or uh, or listening on the LifeForge podcast that Amazon Prime subs if you're not using it on other people are free to you and money to us. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate the support you've given us through the through the years and um, yeah, it's uh we're we're like we if you want to if you're like listening to this because you tune in before every expansion, you don't really tune into the other LifeForge podcast stuff. We talked about the blizzard uh the blizzard lawsuit and additional information that came out after uh, after that on the previous life first podcast so if you want to dig into that give that a listen but uh but we're we're still playing hearthstone we're still excited about uh the arena um you know despite blizzard's absolutely terrible things that they've been doing for a really long time um and uh yeah uh we're excited at the devs who are taking action and the, the other uh, employees at Blizzard who are taking action and uh, and hopefully there will be a, a, a brighter future. Um, but the game is still as good as it was before the, the controversy and the Hearthstone team seems not immune but at least not anywhere close to the center of the controversy. So that is, that is something that uh, um, that you know, we can also take a little, a little solace in. Um, so yeah, uh, that's uh, that's it for for us. We're moving on to the class cards next. Until then, this is Adwick. This is Merp. See ya.